Hello, ladies and gentlemen and in-betweeners. Thank you for being a friend and traveling down the road and back again. Of course, who does that anymore? We send an Uber. <laughs> that showing your friendship is I'll send you an Uber. I am your hostess with the mostest, Alexander, here for On the Rocks, where celebrities and cocktails mix. They've already been mixing, so it's, it, we're in for a good time. Uh, tonight, we have uh, funny man Frank DeCaro from The Daily Show with Jon Stewart, his own 12-year run uh, with The Frank DeCaro Show on Sirius, um, touring the nation with Lisa Lampanelli. Um, he is here to say hello to us and entertainment writer, New York uh, Times bestselling author of Golden Girls Forever, Jim Colucci, uh, with our guest co-host, uh, We TV's My Life is a Telenovela star, Enrique Zapedna is in the house representing my people because it's very white in here right now. And we have actor and activist Michael Ferreira. Let the drinks begin. Thank you for being Life is a banquet and most poor suckers are starving to death. I'd like to propose a toast. This is On the Rocks with Alexander, coming at you from Sunset Gower Studios in the heart of Hollywood, where I drink with your favorite celebrities and we talk about fashion, entertainment, pop culture, reality TV, and, and that's about it. So pop a cork, pour a glass, lean back, and enjoy On the Rocks every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on Universal Broadcasting Network. Fasten your seatbelts. It is going to be a bumpy night. There's going to be so much shade pulling, tea spilling. It's going to be a big mess in here. Hello to our listeners around the nation on iHeartRadio, Universal Broadcasting Network, Player FM, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Satchel, iTunes. And, of course, we are on Facebook Live tonight on Hillcrest Social in San Diego, True FM in Ohio, and nationally on Reverie Network. Uh, Make sure you get your subscription to Reverie today. Everybody, what is up? Hey. hey! That's exactly what I want to hang <laughs> For our straight listeners, <laughs> get ready. This is probably the gayest show in the whole world. In the green room, we were talking about like crocheting and... The word piccata was used and not by me. <laughs> Just want to throw that out. Set the record straight. Guilty. Guilty. <laughs> um, we, of course, welcome uh, my right-hand man, our engineer, makes us sound good, look good. Um, Kurt, what is going on? Uh, not much. I just... Here again. <laughs> we have the big gay energy, <laughs> and we have the straight boy. Hey, hey, what up? <laughs> Thanks for dressing up today. What does your shirt say? Uh, Monster Garage. Know, yeah, Monster Garage. I can't even. It's probably some show on like Duck Dynasty Channel somewhere. <laughs> the clearance bin at somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> at least he's honest about it. Like yeah, our gay is. guys are like, oh no, it was you know, <laughs> Dolce Gabbana. Bet you it was a Target. Yeah. <laughs> Um, do, you, do you have a pun for us? Be uh, very careful because we have very funny people in here today. I, I mean, you, you say that every week, so. Because I mean. <laughs> <laughs> my show is great every special. week with very funny yeah. people. <laughs> Thanks, Kurt, for building up the show. <laughs> I didn't say that when Tara Reed was on the show. I was just like, do whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I have a pun for you. So, um, it was a joke slash pun. So oh, what, oh what, God. What, whatever wow. you want to call it. I think you've thought about this one. Okay. Yeah. So, my wife uh, told me that I have to stop acting like a flamingo. Uh, let's let's think real good about this one. Your legs always up? No, that'd be a, a gay joke. Yeah. <laughs> no, so I had to put my foot down. Oh. <laughs> and he does the laugh for himself. Yeah. Uh-huh. We don't. Well, get it. somebody's got to do it. <laughs> Kurt, I don't even know what to go with that. Anyway, um, that reminds <laughs> me, Chuck Barris of the Gong Show's dead. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Gong. Where's that cough button we were asking yeah. for? I do love a cough button. <laughs> yes. How about a coughing cricket? There that's even that seemed like a go. double like bad news. <laughs> oh, 
Uh, hello to my mom, Mama Rose is in the chat room on UBNRadio.com hey. and on Facebook. She's answering all your questions. She has done her research on everybody here. She stole this book from me, which is Golden Girls Forever. Ah, I love it. It is the best book written other than the Bible. It's like the Bible part two for gay men. Um, <laughs> literally, I, we're going to get into depth about this book. I, I can't even talk about this book more. So my mom read this page by page, by the way. And I was like, Mom, I, I need to read it too. Love it. Um, so she will be answering your questions. If it's a burning question, she will Skype into the show and ask your question. Uh, we'll be asked on live. Of course, you can always call in. Kurt, wh- what is our call-in number? It's 323... Yeah, 323- Oh, he wants his own time on the mic. Go ahead. 284-7826. <laughs> okay, again. Three- in, in your gayest, most energetic voice. 323-284-7826. I don't even know what to do. Now, will Mama Rose answer embarrassing questions about you that we pose? She, uh, freely. Yes. Okay. And since she's on Facebook, she'll upload kids' pictures oh, every now okay. and then during the show. Right. Okay. And she's got many stories. I can't. <laughs> I just can't. Today's show is brought to us by a new sponsor, signed a year contract, by the way. I'm like... I don't know if I want to do this for a year. Yes, I do. <laughs> uh, it's the new hotel resort going into Palm Springs. It's Infusion uh, Beach and Hotel, uh, opening this summer, 2017. I was in Palm Springs this weekend. I already saw the sign up. It's an amazing resort. Go like them, uh, IBH Palm Springs, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. They're giving away weekends. And this resort is going to be, it's, it's, not, it's, a, it's she-she. It's, it's going to be up there. And I'm going to be broadcasting from their pool parties uh, once a month. Fantastic. Nice. <laughs> Just open bar and me with Speedo-clad people. I don't know. Anyway, but they're paying for it. So good. <laughs> Talk <laughs> about monster garages. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There, there we go. go. Serious, are you listening? This is what you're missing out on. Wah, wah. <laughs> um, I was there this last weekend in Palm Springs hanging out uh, with friends at Dinah Shore, which is the big lesbian oh, right. so fun, get together. Yes. It was fun. There was a lot of parties. We ended up at Hard Rock Hotel. Uh, we have a picture. I hung out with Mindy Sterling. Of course, we love Mindy uh. Sterling. So then everybody thinks that she's a lesbian because, you know, she was there, right? And she's Frau Farbissner. Right. Yeah. And so everybody got so excited. She got so many free drinks. She literally had to be carried home. We love you, Mindy <laughs> Sterling. Lesbian. Isn't Danny Thomas one? <laughs> she's lesbian. She's, she's lesbian. Not. She's not, though, right? No, no. no. She's definitely not lesbian. No. No, but you know, if, it, if if the lighting is dark and she's had a few, who knows? That's for any of us, really. She's a friend yeah. of the gays, though. She is. She's, she's friends with Stan Zimmerman, who's been on your show before. And Stan was there, too, I this know last he was weekend. was there, yeah. Stan he's, was on the show last week. He's a lesbian, yeah. actually. He, is, he dresses like one. Yes. <laughs> yes, it's like Ellen DeGeneres had, like, a gay sister, and it, it's, it's Stan Sorry, Zimmerman. Stan, I was giving you a positive shout-out. Yeah. It took a turn there. No, Stan always knows. He's like the principal when he's here. He's like, keep in line. But he talked, because you, you feature Stan I, I do, heavily. yeah. yeah. Um, of course, Stan was a uh, writer for first season of The Golden Girls. Um, our Infusion Beach giveaway. So the owners of Infusion Beach Hotel in Palm Springs, they also own Hotel Fusion in San Francisco, along with Infusion Lounge. You see the theme going on there. Um, and so they brought me up there two weeks ago. That was the craziest weekend I've had in a long time, by the way. Um, but they gave away a huge giveaway package. So I want to announce the winner is James Kraft. Uh, is a listener of the show, and he entered, James, you won the big package. Yes. You get hotel, Giants tickets, uh, wow. bottle service, hop on, hop off in San Francisco, which I thought was something totally different. <laughs> uh, and the that trolley. That hurts. The big package yeah. is something <laughs> yes. different. Yes, there you go. Well, he got the big package. He got the big package. Talk <laughs> about a monster garage. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> Do we have, like, the drums? We like, we're going to like the like, the rim shot. We need a rim shot. Oh. We do. It was weird. He knew what that word meant, like real fast. And, you know, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you got a little smile with that one. Um, and then, because so many people uh, entered, they decided to give three runners up: uh, hotel stay, uh, Monique Espinoza, Zach Gavalt. 
Gavalt. Gavalt. Gavalt. And Tiffany Welch. Woohoo. So you're going to be getting an email tomorrow with all the details. Thank you so much. Next week, we have Olivia Diabo in. For all you say by the Bell fans, we have Dennis Haskins, who, of course, played Mr. Belding, is here at the end of the month. Um, and we have some big surprises coming to you uh, that I can announce next week. Okay, coming up real fast. Overboard is here. Overboard is the uh, Long Beach Pride party that happens after Long Beach Pride. It's on the Queen Mary, Saturday, May 20th. So on this nice, classy boat, they're going to have us all dancing. There's a lot of your favorite stars from films that you can't play at work uh, will be there. <laughs> <laughs> That's all i got to say. But we're giving away free tickets. Email info at ontherocksradioshow.com with the word overboard, and we will send you a VIP boarding pass. San Diego, we're not leaving you out. I'm coming for you. San Diego, out at the fair is the day that our LGBT uh, performers and allies take over the fair, performing Pepper Mache, Kitty Brocknell. Uh, they'll be coming on the show before. I'm emceeing for the whole day from 10 a.m. to 11 p.m. <laughs> <That's, laughs> wow. That's and they put me by the beer garden because they figure, you know, uh, and I'm like, beer? <laughs> beer garden? No, no. I want, like, the vodka drawing room. Like, that's where I want to be. <laughs> uh, but I'll be there June 10th all day. So go get your tickets. Come see me in San Diego. Also, Columbus Pride. I'm coming for you mid-July. I'll be emceeing Saturday from 1 to 5 p.m. Megan Mullally's going to be there. Um, and I'll be there. I have no idea what to expect from Columbus Pride. Ohio? Yeah. Oh, it's fun. And Columbus Megan's is- going to be at Columbus Pride? Yes. Wow. It's fun. Columbus are, is a great city, very gay. Well, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Like Ohio is a big gay state, and so is Col- Columbus has two gay neighborhoods: Short North and German Village. It's really, it's impressive. Wait, it's wait, wait. That's like a grinder profile is name. That, <laughs> is that sure. Hi, Chillicothe is on, in Ohio, right? Chillicothe. Yes, it is. Yes, I had you a guys, boyfriend. I, failed. I had a boyfriend in Chillicothe. I went to Chillicothe. See, there's something in the, the water. The boyfriend Venezuela. Yeah, all the way to Chillicothe. A Venezuelan in Ohio. Yeah. Was he lost? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> like every Mexican Latino explorer was yeah. like, I don't know where I'm at. It's like what he was dating. Vasco da Gama. They were playing cornhole. Is that the name of the game? Excuse me? Cornhole. It's the name of the game. It is. It is the name of the game, but it's also the name of a game. game. That's considered a game now? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I did that for free. I didn't didn't get a prize last time I played it. (laughs) No free stay anywhere. No, it's terrible. No, it's like, here's a croissant. Get out. (laughs) Enrique, what did you guys do in Ohio? Yeah. Like on dates. Cornhole. Cornhole. I was dating this guy. He's Latino. It's Maize Hold. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So are you. You play like you don't know what you're talking about. Uh, But no, I was dating this guy. I actually did it for a year. African-American. American, really good looking, and his family was from Chillicothe, Ohio, and ended up in Chillicothe, Ohio. Before I knew it, it was like they were playing cornhole. It was like this whole thing. It was like people go to sleep super early. Beautiful little town. Amazing. But like, what else? Did you go to the movies? No, we just stayed with his family the whole time. And cornhole. Yeah. <laughs> it's a family affair, I guess, That's at this it. point. Um, in fact, in studio, we actually have a friend from Ohio. We have Scott Fullerton, of course, host of the Left of Straight radio show. Uh, Welcome to watch the finally like in person. Scott does what I do, but just uh, more serious and politically correct and good for the community. So it's not like my show at all. And less vodka. <laughs> yes. Well, there's no vodka because right. you, you his guests call in. There's vodka when I'm on your show, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, if you bring your own, there's nothing anybody yes. can do, right? Right. Well, <laughs> yes. The landlord might have a few like, again, again. Um, so let's get to it. Let's let's catch up with our uh, with our guest co-host. Of course, we have Enrique Sapena. <laughs> now, did I say it right? Because I've seen you in all these interviews, and it's pronounced differently every it's time you come. Always got it wrong, but it's Sapeni. 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 Which pene in Spanish is. 
Penis. Penis. I was going to yeah. say. Well, it's just like, <laughs> this yeah. is a family show, <laughs> Cornholio. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, but it's up in it. It really is supposed to be Sapen because it's French originally, but like, you know, in South America, Sapen. But it's, you know, whatever, Sapen, Sapin. But is that short for like, that's Sapen? Or in Spanish, which is Sacapen, which means pull your penis out. Okay. <laughs> There's nothing in my notes about it. that. It's, I'll do anything now. Yeah, I know. I need to write these yes. things down. Mama notes. Rose, did you research that? <laughs> I'm calling Mama Rose. Don't Google that, Mom. <laughs> hey, since I lost 105 pounds, I can find it again. I'll take it out. I don't care. Now that I can see it, I'll take it out. <laughs> no one wants me to, but it's fine. <laughs> I don't. What's happening? Where is the rest of the show going to go? Yeah. <laughs> and this can is, only yeah. go up. Of course, with me, they say, that's a penny? That's a penny. It's a different inflection. That's it's a- like a commercial on here TV. That's a penny? <laughs> that's I Italian. That's, yeah. that's, that's Italian. I guess, yeah. you know, <laughs> sort of. What, yeah, I don't even know how we got this. What like, kind of nicknames did you have in, in school you since that was... don't even want to match. Exactly. In Spanish, it was like, saca pene, which means pull your penis. Then we, I was gay. It's like, sin pene, which means no penis. It's like, you don't understand like everything. You're like, it was a cold day. You can think about. It's like, yeah. They were like, yeah, they had a field, field day with that last name. I wow. Yeah. Yikes. Um, Fun. So your show, My Life is a Telenovela, featured you and your crazy friends, actual telenovela stars. Because how, how, how many telenovelas have, have you done? Oh, Jesus. I started when I was 15, but I've done like, what, like 13? That's crazy. Because you guys film a telenovela for like six months. Yeah, they're like mini series, <laughs> supposed to be. So it's like, you know, usually they're like 120 episodes around that. If they do really well, then they'll add more. So then you'll get like, you know, like 160, 170, da da. But it's usually a commitment of like six, seven months. Now, I guess like for the new generation of millennials and everything, they're kind of like treating them like mini series. So the first order is 60 to 80 episodes. But you still you play have like to commit. Every day though, right? Yeah, they play daily from Monday to Friday. Okay. Prime time. That's crazy. Yeah. So since doing My Life's a Telenovela, because that was gonna that was a crossover, this American audience got to know like how you guys audition, what life is like on the set, how you guys fight, the and you guys don't fight like anybody the shade. else. <laughs> the shade. The shade that happens. Yeah. Now when I met you, I was like, oh, what a nice, innocent guy. Yeah. I get that a lot. Then I watched the show, and I was like, "No!" In fact, we have a little we have a little uh, oh. clip from oh. you from oh. the show. We're gonna see, and it, it it features one of my favorite lines of all time, which I use in real life, by the way. Let's watch a little bit of Enrique in My Life as a Telenovela. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> my name is Enrique Sabini, and I'm an international mega superstar from the magic world of telenovelas. I'm originally from Caracas, Venezuela, but I'd like to say that I'm a citizen of the world. I am a journalist. I've, I've worked. For real? Yes. Everybody wants to come to me and tell me their story. I started as an actor as a child. My family was involved in TV and the world of TV. So if you weren't carrying wires, you were working on a set of a telenovela. Ladies, 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 ladies. <laughs> Telenovelas are really the Cinderella story that happens over and over again. And it's you, but at 10. Oh! This. <laughs> All you have to do he does that in real life, by the way. Yeah. And you're going to find a telenovela. This is what I do with your brunch. <laughs> <laughs> I love the bad guys. 
She wanted to start a war. She's going to get a war. If she gets run over by a truck, I want her to know that I'm driving. <laughs> but Mel's a very interesting person. Even though that she's very sweet and she's very kind, there's an element of darkness in her and there's a mystery. I always want to hear what she has to say. Oh my God, I can't believe I said too much to you. I'm no, so no, sorry. No, no, no. I'm so intrigued. There's going to be a book or something. You've never told your story. My motto in life is that you can't live in fear and never, ever take no for an answer. One door closes, another one opens. Never be the victim. Just always push it. So how how has you know they always ask you know how has life changed from the reality show because people got to see you away from your character and I think people were surprised you're kind of not a, a nice person. No, I mean you know it's just like I. What can I tell? It's the same thing. You know, people keep on asking, it's like, are you really that way? And what happens is like when you're in a, in, a, in a reality show, you have like this crazy situations and you're presented with this like insane moments and, and you have to react, you know? And, and, you know, you're aware that there's cameras and all that. I, and my life's a telenovela. People keep on saying, it's like, oh, are you really like that? Did I do Raquel a favor or what? You're familiar with the story. Yeah, she needed to tell her story. It. She needed to tell her story. I mean, she was blamed for a bunch of crimes that she didn't commit. Went to jail for five years. And now she has a platform on the American market to clear her name. And what? You're gonna, she's gonna, she didn't want to talk about it. No, I don't want to talk about it. I'm like, lady, you're Until crazy. you went to a news program and said, hey, guess what I can bring you? Exactly. Well, okay. You know, there's a little Great bit, friend. A little bit in for her, a little bit in for me. You know, it's a, a win-win situation. Everybody wins. Okay, but the funny line you guys which you have you, everybody has to incorporate this this is what i, I do with your, your brunch. brunch boom oh, <laughs> that's a whole other story that lady was messing with me messing with me messing with me the one throwing the brunch and she thought that she was going to get away with like talking behind my back and i just like kept it quiet kept it quiet finally in the brunch i was like this is when it hits the fan and when i saw the plates and everything i was like this is what i think about your brunch she had it coming in Real Housewives, it would be Aviva taking off the leg exactly. and throwing it on the table. <laughs> exactly. right? That's How your awkward life. was that? The, the producers probably were like, we don't even know what to yeah, do with what that. What do you do with yeah. that? Are you kidding me? They're all acting like, oh my God, we can't believe you did that. And as soon as you walk out of the room, they're like, yes, oh my God, that was perfect. But like, you guys actually dealt with reality. I've had the Shaws of Sunset on, and what they go through is actually reality. I've been with some tapings with Beverly Hills, Housewives, and it's like, for that New York one, Aviva probably threw a napkin, and they're like, how no, about how your, about your leg? leg? Yes. <laughs> Let's refilm. Yes, mm. yes. Well, the reality was, if you really want to, you want to know the dirt? <laughs> yes. Was the, one of the directors came to me and said, well, you know, I mean, I don't want to tell you what to do, but we know you're upset at her. I'm not even going to say her name. And said, you're always <laughs> going to have a glass of wine in your hand and I turned around and I said you know what no I would never do that I'd never throw a glass of wine you would never waste that alcohol never waste that alcohol (laughs) but I'll do something else don't worry and I thought perfect the plates because the plates are going to make a scandal everybody's going to turn the whole everybody at the brunch was like in shock and I didn't hurt anybody, but I still got my point across, which was very... And you got a good viral clip out of it, too. Oh, yeah. That's a good boomerang. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, I want to talk about, you know, you've been through a few surgeries about your voice, because what we're hearing is your voice recovering. Yes. You've been without a voice for how long? A long time. It was like a year. Probably around a year. It's it, Actually, when I was shooting My Lives at the Novela, it, was, it started when I started shooting the reality show. And as we went on shooting... I kept on losing my voice, losing my voice. And I was like, what the hell's going on? And uh, they, I kept on going to the doctors and they were like, oh, anti-acids and you're acid. Too much cornholing. Too much cornholing, yeah. apparently. <laughs> yeah. um, and no, it was, uh, I had polyps. Very Adele of me. Very Adele. Yes, your album sold a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and, and TJ, and TJ. 
<laughs> oh, it was a huge hit. That wasn't your album, so Trip it all. But yeah, no, but actually after four surgeries, now I can speak. So Wow. And you have a lot of voiceover work. Like you've done voiceovers yeah. for, for big labels. Yeah, I was uh, for a while the voice for Lexus and everything. So I missed my voice. My husband did too. Well, not so much. Maybe no, like, he probably paid for. He's like, like, give him a few more surgeries. <laughs> you need quiet time, baby. But that has to be so fearful. I mean, that's that's your life. Is yeah. is your voice? No, it's really hard. Like now, on a serious tone, it's like you don't know what you have until you lose it. Yeah. When you can't speak, it's just horrible. I felt that when I lost my debit card at the Abbey. I'm like, Ooh, yeah, no more drinks for did me. You check on the stripper underwear. <laughs> I write a check for that. Okay. Um, but I have to, you know, it wouldn't be our friendship unless I, I played with you a little bit. Okay. Um, there's a picture from your past here. What is happening? It's like the never-ending story in Menudo had a child. Well, <laughs> Atreyu! I, you. That's funny because you know what? There was um, another reality show that I did. I did it for VH1. It was called uh, Viva Hollywood with Sofia Vergara. Are As you kidding? Fact, yeah, Sofia Redegada was the executive producer of the show. And it was uh, a competition for America's number one telenovela star. And we were competing, 10 of us. And as a matter of fact, which is so funny, it's like I remember the preview to that show. They'd show a clip of me and, and they would say, and the nice guys end up last. And my face. Well, they learn a different side on my left of telenovela. <laughs> <laughs> we this is what I do with your stylist. We Boom. <laughs> yeah, but I used to have long hair and everything. I was I, I like to call those my menudo days. Yes, well nobody's yeah. nobody's <laughs> complaining. <laughs> Except for that color of shirt. That's my only complaint. No, they cut it. They had a stylist and everything. And she's like, Well, cut it down to here. And I remember back then, which is so funny, I was like to the producers, please don't make me the token gay boy. Please don't make and just like, no, just cut your shirt a little more. You mean it didn't like, come like that right from H and M the deep V. The very, <laughs> very <laughs> deep V. A deep right? V. You can't no, do better than a deep V. Honey, that shirt's from Baby Gap. <laughs> H&M, please. Love Baby Gap. You look like the missing Fanta person. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. What flavor were you? Yeah. Pineapple. <laughs> Here's pineapple vodka. Yes. yes. <laughs> it leaves a weird taste in your mouth. That was him. Don't, oh! don't, we, all, don't we all? Let's be honest. Yeah. Let's be honest. Dinah Shore. Anyway. Also helping me out uh, because... I'll be tanked by the end of the show. Michael Ferreira, actor and activist. Um, you are the executive director of the AIDS Monument Foundation, which is going up in West Hollywood. But it's more than just a monument. It's, it's you explain it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be a we're going to have a virtual museum that accompanies it, and it's also going to be for the first time really in Los Angeles, West Hollywood area. We're going to have a protest site. Yeah. Um, so you know, it, and I Make think sure you have of, bathrooms. That's my biggest thing about okay, protest. Right? Porta potties. Yes, You'll love the porta potties. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, that's a good aspiration. Um, so, so yeah. I mean, I think a couple of years ago, everybody thought, "Well, we got marriage equality, so now we're on the road. You know, we're going to have everything. It's going to be the smooth sail to the end, right? Until we have full equality." And then all of a sudden, this thing happened a couple of months ago, and we realized we need a protest site. And so, um, you know, we're going to have to we're going to have to band together again. And make sure we're taken care of. So there'll be a site for it and a beautiful site. And um, the AIDS Monument itself is this world-class art project. And it's um, designed by a man, an artist uh, in Australia named Dan Tobin. And uh, he's been doing all the public art in Shanghai, China, and 
in uh, Brisbane, Australia. And so he's got projects all over the world. He's amazing. So it's going to be this beautiful thing. And actually at night, it looks like a candlelight vigil, like a virtual candlelight vigil. So you'll see it from the hills and from buildings, and it'll look like, yeah, people are just marching. And it's also a platform for um, like for people to show their art as well. It's a multimedia yes. um, expansion. And if anybody can do it, you can do it because uh, you did such a great job with LifeWorks, which is the youth mentoring uh, program. Now it's at the uh, L.A. Gay and Lesbian Center, which is right. the largest gay and lesbian center. Yes. Um, everybody looks to them, and, and you set that whole program up. I remember you were running it out on a little place in Melrose. <laughs> the air conditioning was not working. You're like fanning the kids yeah, off. Yeah. We're Any, happy. Anytime it rained, it dripped. Anytime yes. it was hot, it was hot. It was like, like yeah, photo yeah, yeah. shoot. <laughs> <laughs> it was sad. They still make fun of it at the, the Los Angeles. It's now the Los Angeles LGBT Center, so I'll give them a, a shout out. But yep. they, um, yeah, they, they still make fun of that office. They have pictures of it. They just remind us, see, this is what we did for you when we gobbled you up and brought you over here and allowed you to do our work there. But, yeah, it was, that's great. I mean, you know, being able to work with gay kids is amazing because they're just, you know, they're so special. Any, any group of people that, you know, that have been, you know, abused, repressed, all that, all this uplifting stuff. But they just – they sort of, sort of seem to have this um, feeling for other people who are going through the same experiences. So they're very sensitive. Um, they're very active. They're very smart. Uh, they're very engaged, and so you know it was a real pleasure and honor, really, to work with these kids and and uh, be a part of helping them, like just discover a life that's going to be fantastic, not one that's going to be like you know mediocre or right. you know less than or know. the fact that they have life, you know, yeah, yeah, the, the, the suicide rates life. and all that. Oh yeah. It's- well, you've done such great work, and I'm glad you've kept the youth safe and away from me because I can't stand kids. Um, but you've really, really done well. <laughs> well. All the time, I remember when we first met, it was, was all like, about, Do I, I want to volunteer, I want to volunteer. And I'm like, yeah, but it's with kids. And you're like, uh, uh, is there something can I stuff envelopes and make phone calls? <laughs> <laughs> can I just do Then you that? join the board. And yeah. I was like, I'm on the board of a youth I hate kids. <laughs> <laughs> They're wonderful. Mm. Okay. Um, I thought since we had this dynamic group uh, and our guest of honor, um, entertainment writers, and Frank, you did you did the fun gay review on, on The Daily Show. Oh, did we have fun? It's a long time ago now, but oh, we did six and a half years of about the gayest thing on TV at uh-huh. that time. You were the original, like... You know, like Paul Lind was the guy for his generation. You were the guy for The Daily Show, like hitting the mainstream, and you did not do it quietly. We did, and I used to write it with, I was always, whoever the writers we were working with, it was always, it would be me and two straight guys, always, and they would channel their inner queen, and we would just write the naughtiest stuff and get away with it. We did, we had a really good time. It was three years before John Stewart arrived, and three and a half years after he arrived, and it was fantastic. It was so funny. Such in, a fun thing. In fact, some of your uh, reviews are up on YouTube. Go oh, to YouTube. Do Frank Takaro Gladiator mm-hmm. because that was a funny one. And <laughs> it gets clicks all the time. I know. I think the almost one, all of them are on the Daily Show website. Right? I think they are. But the one, if you can find them, the Moulin Rouge one is my favorite. I don't yeah. know if it's available, but that's my favorite. It one. is. It's, it's the available. meanest. <laughs> <laughs> the meanest, oldest joke ever. But you got away with it. I know. We did. Can I say what it was? Yes. It was, I came on and I said, and we were, show, we were showing footage of Moulin Rouge, of Nicole Kidman on the swing, yep. you know. And I said, Nicole Kidman is a singing, dancing prostitute who wants to be taken seriously as an actress. Oh, I'm sorry. She plays a singing, dancing <laughs> prostitute who wants to be taken seriously as an actress. <laughs> the oldest joke in the book, you know, to change that word. Yeah. And, and, and I, that was... Um, 
that was mine. And I just, it's, because <laughs> it's, it's a hacky joke and I love it to pieces and that's my favorite. But you, you and did. And I love her to pieces. And I wouldn't say it if I didn't love her. Of that's course. My and thing. she knows. Yeah. I mean, she knows. Yeah. Oh, she knows. Fan. And she looks like that. Even if I was being a bitch, she yeah. looks like that. Well, she can't She has her, often sorry. worried, what does Frank think of me? But she <laughs> She's tweeted she about it. it. Yeah. Oh, she's, I know she was very upset about it she's for a while. She's so yeah. good on that big little lies. You guys, oh I cannot. I can't. I'm the biggest critic because I don't like anything and I want to like everything. This show has hit it so on the head yeah, yeah, from yeah, the yeah. cinematography to the music. Yes. They just oh, released yes. the soundtrack, by the way. Oh, yeah, the, the music's great. in that episode. Yeah. I was yeah. so excited. Don't you think it'd be more fun, though, if it was a diet show and it was called Big Little Liza? And it was like, <laughs> she'd gain weight, she'd lose weight, she'd gain <laughs> weight, she'd lose weight. Wouldn't that be more like yo-yo dieting and Liza Minnelli? Big Little Liza. That's just my best idea I've ever had. Yes! Yes! Are you going to finish that? Yeah. Halfway she's like, Jaminos, it's me. Don't tell him. <laughs> That's it. It's my idea, but yes. I'll do the show with you if you want but, to do it. Yes, yeah. okay. totally. Let's Big do it. Eyes. She lives here now. We could do it. She lives a little Somewhere. bit everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere over the rainbow was where she lived <laughs> tonight. <laughs> That's awful. Um, I think the best thing about you doing those reviews was that like, you got away with the stuff that we all want to get away with all the time. But and you, so we enjoyed yeah. that because you're speaking for us. I mean, you know, you were like, we wish we were that funny. And to bring it to, to Golden Girls, you were sell, you were selling jokes that, my God, did he really say that? But done in such a smart, funny <laughs> yeah. way that it wasn't like, well, did he do it? I don't know. Yes, you did. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was fun. We, we did one special, and I remember they, we talked about um, my signature, what my signature was, and I said, bitchiness. And that was it. And that's what we explained the whole thing. It was like, well, what is it really? It's just bitchiness. And it's a, so it's kind of silly. But we had we had an awful lot of fun. And we got we really did get away with a lot. You did. So. Well, you know, John Stewart, at the, when he came onto the show, too, it, it got even more aggressive. And it was like, oh, wait a minute. People are watching this more than actual news I know, outlets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it, that, that ended up being the demise, though, for those of us who were spoof right. of the news. Because we were like, they had a pro... These are pro Steve Carell played Produce Pete. You know, yeah, I mean, they yeah, used to yeah, do, yeah. we used to do shtick like that in the beginning, and it was uh, and it was really fun. But you know, it became a force to be reckoned with. So, it, it what, were we going to put a, a gay movie reviewer if you're really a? It was a parody show? that became the real thing. It parodied yeah. news, and then it yeah, became people's news. And there was an article about the Daily Show uh, reignited the youth back into politics, back to even caring what was going on, and that was due to the Daily Show and back to being bitchy about movies. Yes. that was the other thing <laughs> we inspired. See, here's the thing: is you watch the 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 red carpet at the Academy Awards everybody is so PC even I have my you know I love Ross Matthews but he's become that corporate whatever we like Joan Rivers nobody's ever going to be Joan Rivers but we need some personality some opinion back on the red carpet to say girl that outfit is not good (laughs) boom no everybody's afraid to say it because of sponsors because it's become this corporate thing don't you think People play. I do think we're on a time where people do want to play nice, and they do, you know, and, and it's it's because they're afraid. Yeah, once, well, but but it's been decades in the making where celebrities have been given all the power. You know, I mean, journalists used to have the power. Now the journalists don't have the power. But the I celebrities think, do, and their publicists do. But I think viewers miss that because yes. red carpet viewing has gone. Th- down because there's it's like okay it's so prepackaged it's, not really fun. it's like oh yeah. your outfit's great and they're wearing like a hanger and like yeah. a ziploc bag it's like no it's not great <laughs> well the sad thing is they're not wearing a ziploc bag and a hanger they're wearing something that's very pre-approved and beautiful no one's there's no demi moore in a in bike pants and a and, true you know hostess skirt or something yeah you know? it's uh, there's still some misses though yeah there are but it's not in that colossal way oh that, you're that you're right yeah 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 used to but no but yeah people do play nice now and it would be nice to to uh, be able to get out there and be a little snarky. Although when something's really good, I think you should say that too. I don't know. It, it's strange. Of course I, you do. You say, I do like to live yeah. tweet an award show. I tell you, I and I, and I don't pull any punches. What's your I Twitter? People that. have to follow you oh, on Twitter at Frank DeCaro Show. 
I, I, I love it. Someone took out Frank DeCaro. I thought it was me, and I forgot. Let's the call it right now. It was Kurt. <laughs> yeah, but, find out who it is. Yeah, let, let's get him. Have so him I killed. like being Frank DeCaro's show because I think that it's better for me. And people know you from the show. Twelve years on the air, you've interviewed almost everybody. Was like, good. Yes. including people he interviewed for his book, for yes, the Golden Girls. Book. Yes, B. Arthur said this, the very the very long word that begins with C on my show. She did. She was very. She was not very the four letter. Casanova. Not the four letter version, <laughs> but the, the many ten letter version. Yeah, the many lettered version was very funny. She was so dirty. Well, since we have you gentlemen here, and uh, Michael, I love you to death. Uh, one of my best friends. But what I get mad at is I follow you on Facebook, and I'm like, oh, he went to another movie premiere. Oh, he saw that movie before it was even f- finished filming. Like, you see every film when it comes out because you get to go to the premieres, and I get, you know, you get a plus one, and I'm not that. <clears throat> <laughs> but you well, have I'm, such... I'm actually the plus one that goes to those. So. <laughs> um, but you, you, you have such great insight on films, and what I love about our friendship is that we get to talk about films and pick an obscure film from the past and be like, it was kind of like this direction, whatever. So I asked you to bring a film that we can all talk about about that I have very strong feelings for even though I haven't seen it. I usually do that. I have very strong feelings for the film. You do do that. And then we I argue see it, about movies all the time before that I haven't even seen, seen them. Yeah. yeah. And then I see it already. Like, oh yeah, it was good. <laughs> I was just you like, hated it. If you've already it. spent two hours with it, you can't criticize it. So you have to really see, you only have to pick on movies you haven't seen. Well, you oh, know, that because makes sense. Uh-huh. Yeah. Makes well, sense. okay, but you could also, when something is so hyped, you're just like, I don't even want, I don't even want to. Like, who keeps greenlining Smurfs, by the way? Why uh, or do we have another Smurf and movie? Yet, the Trolls Why? movie made me cry. I thought that. I watched it on a plane. That's because you're, movie, that's you're, you're, you're calorie deficient. Well, that's I know. That's true. I'm not eating my legs <laughs> anymore. So and I male menopause. Who greenlights the Smurfs? But Julia Roberts is on the Smurfs, too. She is? She's the voice. Yeah. Well, they, in this new one, they have uh, the the hot guy from Ma- Magic Mike. Not Channing, but... Uh, John Magnanello. Yeah, he's in it. Oh. Who else is in it? Um... Anyway, uh, Michelle, Michelle Rodriguez is in it too. She is. Yes. Well, she's uh, also doing. She, oh, she's, back to, back she's handy Smurf. Back to she's a lesbian with a tool <laughs> yeah. belt. Yeah. A lesbian Smurf. <laughs> oh my god, that's so hot, you guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Michael, you saw Beauty and the Beast. So, uh-huh. Who here saw Beauty and the Beast? I didn't. I didn't either. Oh, wow, no. this was a great film to bring. Wow. Yeah. But t- tell us what your review is. I want to see it. Oh, you do want to see it? I don't. people that haven't Thank seen you. it. Thank no. you. I literally, if you ha- gave me free tickets and a bottle of wine, I would say, you know what? No. Oh, my God. I'm dying to go. I'm yeah. gonna, Why? Because I love the first iterate. We all got laid after the first one. Yeah, it was a fun right. movie. Okay, all but those Disney movies. We all love Psycho. Who watched the shot-by-shot remake of Psycho with Vince Vaughn? Why? No. So tell us what Beauty and the Beast was. Well, you know what? I, like Frank just said, like I wanted to see the live action version because I loved so much, you know, the 1991 version, the animated version. I wanted to see what they were going to do with it because actually Disney's been doing pretty good with these yeah, live action yeah. versions yeah, of they their don't movies. Stink. Yeah, they don't. And and you know, and I was interested to see what music they added. You know, so they had Audrey McDonald in there, and of course, you know, Audrey McDonald's going to sing. You have Audrey McDonald and something she has to sing, so that was fantastic. Then they, um, the father was um, was played by Kevin, Kevin Klein, and actually Kevin Klein can do anything for me. I mean, I just love Kevin Klein. Me too. And he was so sweet as the father, so he captured Oh, God, he's sweetness. old enough to be Belle's father now, yeah, isn't he? He's he old is. enough to be yes, Belle's father. Yeah. yeah, and actually it was too bad he couldn't play Gaston because, you know, he would get the humor. Well, he, 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 he was in Pirates of Pendant. Remember when he was Pirates yeah, of Pendant? Yeah, right. yes. yes. yeah, yeah. I saw it on Broadway. I humor. You saw it on Broadway? Yeah. With uh, Rex, oh, I saw uh, Rex Smith and Linda Ronstadt and... Oh, it was heaven. And, yeah. George, and the one and that just Robert died. Robert Benson George. did it, too. Yeah. Speaking of Beauty and the Beast, right? He was the first, the real <laughs> yeah. beast, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's a great performance, because you never know it's... 
No, you don't know. Post nasal drippy Robert. (laughs) (laughs) Pirates of Penzance must have been amazing, though. What was the feeling like in like just viewing it? Because Linda was stepping out on a limb by doing this. Because her voice, did she hold up live? Yeah, yeah, she was wonderful. Oh, she was wonderful. I, but I remember most was was it George Irving who was saying, "I am the very model of a modern major." Yeah, General. yeah, That's yeah. George, it Irving, was wasn't George it? Irving. Yeah, that was my favorite part because yeah. that patter song you can yeah. uh, pretend you can sing and you do a patter <laughs> yes. song. Yes, you know. Yeah, so. yeah, you sing every four yeah. words. Yeah, yeah. But he got some. <laughs> and you wave your hand for the other ones. I'm like, they didn't notice. <laughs> okay, but um, but you know, like, uh, yeah, I loved Emma Watson. I mean, she's so sweet. I mean, she can't. Sing like okay, so this Paige is a topic I want to bring know. up. Why are we still casting non-singers in singing roles? Yeah, that makes me a little crazy. There was an article that called out for bringing back voiceovers. That's the way I feel. Yeah. I was like, let let these people act it and then get someone who can really sing. And just yeah. we know that. Love, dead. I loved Emma Watson's acting. I mean, she was sweet. You believed it. She was actually the tough heroine. But we're in a different stage of Hollywood that actors have to be able to do everything. And there are actors that could have sung that part and acted it and done yeah. everything else. Yeah. But not put the butts in the chairs. That's the excuse. Yeah. Is I don't she know if really that's a big draw? Yeah, she is. Yeah, she is. But I mean, look at Broadway. Everybody on Broadway is supernaturally talented. They can sing, they can dance, they can act. I mean, and just don't go see Chicago because they're putting anybody in it right now. <laughs> but you could have pulled anybody from Broadway, not anybody, but like so many women from Broadway could have played that role, but they yeah. wouldn't have had the box office appeal as Emma Watson. So. And then it's the international thing now, right? Every movie has to be able oh, to sold that's in a other good countries. Point. That's a good point. Yeah, and she's known everywhere. So you know, how I mean, is and that's Lu- why that's why you know uh, Dan Stevens and Luke Evans wind up in it too. How is Luke Steve- Luke Evans? Oh, He's dreamy. Well, and you know a, what? He's he, a gay. He is great. Yes, he's great. I know. He's gay. That, I love that part, so I was entertained by that. He's great at doing the villain part. He's not great. That's why I said about Kevin Klein gets the sense of humor of right. it. He doesn't get what's funny about the, you know, the vanity. Yeah. You know, um, so he doesn't quite catch with that. But you know what? He's made good by, by um, Josh Gad. Loving him. Josh Gad is the best thing in that movie. Huh. Actually, the Josh Gad, I think, is the best thing in anything he does. He's the best thing in Frozen, even with the voice. Yep. I love Josh Gad. So and and uh, you know the whole thing that's been made about his character's gay, you know yeah. the foo's gay. It's like two seconds. Um, like the Power Rangers, they're saying the if she's a the lesbian. Movie, they come together and dance. Girls are all lesbians. All right, <laughs> <laughs> right. So um, yeah, so they, I mean, I thought the casting was great. I think um, but, I know some of the reviews sort of thought that you know now there's a Bill Condon directed it, so a gay man directed it, so of course it's all lavish and it's overdone and overblown. I loved that. Was it's it a, a shot musical. for shot? Who wants it underdone? Remake? No, it wasn't Thank a shot you. for shot remake. And, I and think, actually, I think the weakest but, parts of the movie is when they try to do they try to recreate the animated movie in the live. It's shot for shot because they do it with a couple of the songs. Yeah, um, I think that's the weakest. Part well, they of the even movie. had like the biggest of issues just picking up the dress, the fabric for the dress because yeah. they wanted it to look exactly like the one on the animated film. See, to my point, it's like why, why, why? Yeah, don't go go somewhere different. Yeah, go different with it. What's great is there's more music in it. Um, there's they made the character like the heroine. They they address the things about you know she's she's been kidnapped I mean she's being held and she's into hostage. bestiality I mean that's yeah. creepy enough <laughs> I mean they don't Woof. exactly address the bestiality talking about bears cubs and scruff <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah but they like they they allow it to be serious you know like a lot of animated movies they they sort of skirt over the serious stuff but this one actually allows it to be serious about you know the father's been you know the father gets imprisoned by both of the guys by. Um, by Gaston and well he dated Patty Lapone, so that was his research right there <laughs> exactly right he's been in prison before yeah. <laughs> actually I think the the funniest thing if you want to watch it is like they do those real trailers like the real trailers on 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 uh, on, on the internet and they, they talk about how you know it's a French village and nobody in that village is French 
everybody's got an American accent. Um, it's a very. Well, have very, you been very to Paris? Don't you wish it was full of Italians? Because you go, you really do. I mean, it's oh, yeah. a big deal. the one thing you're not that crazy about about Paris is the people. Uh-huh. It's like, <laughs> they ruin every. Just yeah. like kids ruin Disneyland. Yeah. Get out. The That's French why everybody prefers the Riviera, right? Because yeah. you get down like. <laughs> or Paris, Las Vegas. Yes, yeah. right. <laughs> exactly the same thing. Paris light. <laughs> so, Michael, you're very in tune to what the community needs as a whole in terms of even the LGBT community, but politically, what what the nation needs. Was there a point to this film, do you think? Yeah, you know, I think it's it's this continuation of a of a trend I think right now which is really giving attention to women's rights, which I think when we give attention to women's rights as gay men certainly it applies to us in a lot of ways because it's really about devaluing anything that's not that straight white guy. Um and I think um but just the treatment of women in our in our history um and the fact that lately these movies have really been you know having women be heroines without a man helping her along. You know, and this is a, this is a strong woman that stands on her own, and it's and I think I think that brings more humanity to things. Um, we we see like the the rebirth of the white man in power right now in our country, and I think you know we see what that does and where the values are. Um, and so, you know, I just think when we have empowered women, that gives me hope for the well, future. And get, get ready for it because they've slated like 15 more movies that are going to make. And yeah, they're redoing the Aladdin. The Little Mermaid's yeah, coming. Yeah, yeah. Cruella de Bill is coming. Have strong, so if you strong like strong women Disney women, you're going to have a bunch of them coming your way. <laughs> it's going to happen. Oh, God, so, I'll yeah, need a lot more absolutely. alcohol. But, okay, now I understand more where it's coming from. So I think I'll see it. Yeah. I'll probably like I liked it okay next moving on wait do you think gay kids still grow up wanting to be the villain or was I just a weirdo because I wanted to be the villain in every Disney movie they're always way more interesting every villain do you remember when when like the Christianity first started doing all the theater pieces and they would go from town to town the biggest claps were for uh, the devil and those evil characters and so they had to tone that down because people were rooting for the evil people too much they're more interesting Maleficent who wants to be (laughs) Sleeping Beauty over Maleficent hello well What's right? so great about them is that a villain is not just a villain. It's like something makes you a villain. Yeah. And they all had, in this Disney movie, they clearly had, the, there, there was a reason why they yeah. were so evil. But their outfits are better. Hello. And their <laughs> outfits were better in the hair Absolutely. and everything. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Go villains. In anything, the villains are more interesting because it's deeper. Like they said, you. like there's something, there's a reason why they got to be that way. And you want to know why? I mean, it's much more interesting. Like, they were Enrique threw his dish down. <laughs> I think it's because they're chicer than the other characters. That's what I do. Yeah, it's like sure the villain's too. always the chic one, so they have to make fun. They have to destroy them because they're actually cooler than everybody else. Yeah. And the good people, like every prince in every movie is so boring, except for Aladdin. Every prince is, yeah. who wants to really date that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, see, it takes a person of color to make it interesting, right? That's why Aladdin. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, I had a crush on Aladdin for a lot of different reasons, oh, too. Right, I was right, like, right. that was like, Didn't wait, we all? Uh, he's a cartoon. <laughs> There's a lot of fan art out there, by Which, the way. Oh, yeah, there the, is. In there. FYI, yeah. they're making Aladdin, too. Yes, I know. Yes, that real. casting is going to be very controversial because mm-hmm. whatever they do is going to be fought with. People are going to be like, why'd you cast that person? Sure. Yeah. Yep. I mean, look at what they're doing. That other movie that's out with Scarlett Johansson right now, Ghost of um, Shell, which Ghost failed, Michelle, by the way, bomb. which failed. Well, because you know, I mean, that's it's a controversial. I mean, the fans of that film are fans of Japanese anime, you know, and so now you've got this white actress. But doesn't Ghost the in the Shell sound like a Halloween promotion at Red Lobster? <laughs> doesn't it? That's what that sounds like. Ghost, welcome to Ghost in the Shell. Hey, if there's biscuits, I'll be at either movie. I'll, I'll be wherever. A little they cheddar biscuit and yes. Ghost in the Shell. It'd be Ghost cute. in the Shell. It'd be delicious. Yeah. Uh, one reviewer said about Ghost in the Shell, Scarlett has done so many action films. She's she's not acting them. She's just going through the motions. But I can't believe how much that bombed because I thought that the fans of the video game were going to be there. They were not. Yeah. Well, they just go back and watch the original movie, which is supposed yeah. to be far, far better. 
Was it was it a Japanese movie originally mm-hmm. or? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's an anime. But they should have explained with Ghost in the Shell. I think when all the the campaign went up, they they really needed to act like some of us don't know what the hell that is. Yeah, I did. That's a really good. Point. I don't know what it, I the really trailer was. Still like, oh, it's Fifth Element Part Two. I don't. I don't know. I had no. I idea. had no idea what it yeah. was. People were like, oh, well, it's a sequel to Bubble. And I was, didn't yeah. you see? I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And if you want to sell a lot of tickets, you have to mm-hmm. realize not everyone. I'm watching thinks. Golden Girls DVDs from 1991. <laughs> I'm not up on my Japanese anime. I'm watching Armis <laughs> Brooks from 1952. <laughs> okay, let's. <laughs> Let's talk about growing up in South America and loving Golden Girls when you were watching How them did you Spanish. get it? In did they have voiceovers? Yes. I would love to interview you. That's your, your companion to this yes. book is interviewing the voiceover. The yes. Yeah. Yes. That, no, no, they just did one. Um, there's a documentary that just came out. I can't remember what the name of it is right now. But of the girls that did the voices for Desperate Housewives in Spanish. Oh, how funny. And there's a movie out. This is a documentary that following that they follow these women and what they were thinking going through like just translating and trying to like just interpret the emotion of like this actresses doing this please i grew up on the golden girls in spanish i remember like even like full house i watched it in spanish and running into Lori loughlin uncle uh, aunt becky oh not uncle becky aunt becky and her voice didn't sound that way up to her it's like oh my god it's so great to see you like in in english because i always heard you in spanish and she looked at me like i was the weirdest person (laughs) honey people do that regularly it's not it's not just her they loved the the golden girls in spanish so that's funny amazing that their writing is so great that it translates into a way where like we all grew with them and we love them and we follow them and it gives us an excuse to eat cheesecake without feeling yeah right yeah research (laughs) yes torta de queso is that how you say it? I mean, I would imagine it's like, yeah, it's, cheesecake and Spanish. It sounds like more, like it has more calories in how you're saying it than cheesecake. <laughs> like, torta de queso? It's like, oh, God, it's a million calories. Um, as we get down to business, we need to thank our sponsors, uh, of course, Infusion Beach uh, and Hotel, Test Loop, which is the only way to travel from L.A. to Las Vegas, and uh, Palm Springs, Hooch App, which is where you buy one drink and then they send you 30 free drinks at different places around your city. Uh, use the code word turned up. You get to sign up for $1 and then they send you a free drink in your vicinity at a different place each day. So it's 30 drinks for $1. Um, our, our tried and true sponsor, Spunk Lube, Little Dab will do you. It's a lube for many different communities and it's featured on many film sets. Not Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> you never know. We hope. Never yeah. know. No one shoots like Gaston. Just remember that. <laughs> oh, there we go. You woke Kurt up. I love that. He's easy to sleep at this point in the show. <laughs> we have to thank our media sponsors. Of course, Hillcrest Social. Uh, it's the LGBT app in San Diego. They do giveaways every week there. They stream our show uh, on their app, um, and they're also producing out at the fair. So we love Hillcrest Social. Download it. It's a free app, and you get free stuff. Also, our... <laughs> Media sponsor Bears, Cubs, and Scruff. Uh, they celebrate men of many different types on Instagram. Give them a like. That's all they ask. They're not selling anything. Um, and they retweet our stuff and they promote our stuff. We love them. And our Shady Moment is brought to you by Panache Optical Gallery. Who better to bring the Shady Moment than the celebrity eyeglass choice? They have a shop in Palm Springs and Guerneville. So we're going to make this a little Golden Girls friendly. And I'm asking my friends, uh, Frank DeCaro and Jim Colucci, to help me. Who better threw shade on Golden Girls than Sophia? So you guys are going to read the Sophia. So who wants to play Sophia in the first scene? I think that'll be Frank. I'll okay. do it. Okay, all right. All right, so let's go. So this is Blanche, and she's talking She's talking in front of one of her suitors, and she says, Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to take a hot, long, steamy bath with just enough water to barely cover my perky bosoms. 
You're only going to sit an inch of water? (laughs) (laughs) But oh, and that's Sophia. There we go. All right, this one is uh, Dorothy is out on a date, and uh, she's talking to Sophia. Okay, how do I look? Nice. Uh, Now put on some makeup. My, I'm wearing makeup. Then eat by candlelight. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. All right, Jim, take take the last one. Okay. Okay. This is Rose talking about... uh, (laughs) <laughs> a circus in her hometown. It was the herring who did the juggling. Tiny little Ginsu knives. Really dangerous. I mean, one false move and they could have filleted themselves. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Our shady moment from the week. Brought to you by Panache Optical Gallery. Um, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at On The Rocks On Air. Facebook, On The Rocks Radio Show. Uh, you can book me at a wedding, a funeral, a quinceanera, whatever you want. I'll be there. <laughs> Just email info at On The Rocks Radio Show. Let's formally introduce our guests. Comedian, actor, author, pop culture pundit, a radio and TV personality, Frank DeCaro, tours the country as the opening act uh, for insult comic extraordinaire Lisa Lampanelli, playing large venues across North America. He is best known for 12 years as the host of the daily national radio program, The Frank DeCaro Show, on SiriusXM, and his long-running, much-lauded stint, which we talked about, doing movie reviews on The Daily Show, uh, and Jon Stewart, of course, joined the cast, and... Uh, uh, an author of five different books, one of my favorite books, The Dead Celebrity Cookbook. Oh, I had such fun with that. <laughs> How yes. did you pitch that? We're going to talk about that. Um, also joining us is Frank's husband. Who knew so much talent could be under one roof? We're going to talk about that, too. Because the dog is the most talented. I yes. don't want to yes. say. Yes. <laughs> and the dog is featured in both of your bios, by the way. Oh, it's my like, God, oh, yeah. everywhere. That yeah. dog is getting more impressed <laughs> than you guys. Uh, Jim Colucci is a freelance entertainment writer whose work has appeared in such publications as TV Guide, Inside TV, Quick and Simple, In Touch, Rosie, The Advocate, Next, and CBS's Watch Magazine, uh, where he serves as deputy editor. For over 10 years, you also uh, were on uh, the Frank DeCaro show on Sirius XM Radio. In fact, you guys got married on that show. We did. Very touching. Tears, tears, tears. Uh, Always a fan of classic TV, Jim frequently conducts day-long, in-depth, on-camera interviews with legendary figures from American TV uh, history uh, for the Academy of uh, Television Arts and Sciences. Archive of American Television Project. I'll be which, doing Bernie Capel next week from the Love Doc really? from the Love Boat. Are you kidding? Okay, awesome. yeah, it's so much fun to do those. Uh, your interviews have included Rue McClanahan, Cloris Leachman, Felicia Rashad, Tyne Daly. That must have been interesting. Barbara Feldon, <laughs> Sam Waterston, James Lipton, and Jeffrey Tambor. Uh, between the two of them, they have rubbed elbows, and I'm sure a lot more with every celebrity you can think of. Welcome. Nothing more than elbows. Seriously, right? We never rubbed. No, anything. never rubbed anything no. else. They wouldn't have us. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show, officially, Frank DeCaro and Jim Colucci. Thank you. Thank you. It's, like, it's great to be here. <laughs> I sorry about this. Vo- I it's it's I'm losing my voice. No, it's 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 fine. I'll tell you, I was really nervous about having you on the show. You did a, a radio show on Sirius for twelve years. Twelve. Yes, it was fun. We, you know why? Because I had a therapist once who said, uh, she said to her little kid, he said, I want to go inside the TV. And she said, honey, you can't go in the TV. And I was like, yes, you can. It's like you can meet all the people you grew up loving. I mean, I, that to me was the best part of doing it was I really got to meet so many celebrities. I mean, when you're, when you're sitting there and B. Arthur is, is curling your hair with filthy, filthy (laughs) stories. I mean, and it was uncensored radio, so we could say pretty much any language we wanted. And, but did she ever? You know, so that was a thrill. But I, I got to meet, my, you know, I mean, I met 
everyone from Charo to Jane Goodall. You know, that's and a I pretty... And I see sh- you're showing pictures, Carol Channing. Yeah, we're showing all, all of your interviews. Like I said, you guys have literally hung out with, with every star. Now, Frank... Are big like icons act differently than when, when we see them? And I can imagine a lot of people you interviewed were your icons at some point, like you know the people that we talk about all the time. How did you deal when they came in on a daily basis? Did you get a little starstruck, or how how did you deal with that? You know, it's really weird. I'm pretty good, even if I really adore somebody. I'm pretty good at focusing. You know, when I, I get tongue tied, you know, when I get tongue tied, if it's a really pretty girl, really like an idiot. <laughs> like a moron. You know, we had a we had a person on who wrote a book saying why women make better spies. Because guys, gay or straight, apparently guys, if you show them a pretty enough woman, we'll just be like, and she'll say, uh, what's the combination of the vault? And you say, well, it's 11 to the left and it's 41 to the right. You know, we'll tell them anything because they're pretty. And men are stupid. So it, and it doesn't matter what your orientation <laughs> is. You're pretty, you're stupid if they're pretty. So that was, wow. I would get a little, I get a little flustered around really beautiful women. <laughs> Other than that, I can kind of keep my composure. But I do... I like people who are generous and will laugh with you and, and at thing, you, can, you can have a good time. So when we had, I mean, God rest her soul, Joan Rivers and I got on like a house on fire and, and I made her I, laugh and she made me laugh. I could and see that. We had such a good time. Carol Channing and I had a, the damnedest time and uh, B. Arthur, as I said, was, was a who now. Dick Cavett was wonderful and he made, oh, did he make fun of us? Oh, he said, he said that I looked... <laughs> Like was I like a well preserved fifty, and I was like much less than fifty at that point. And, and he said Doria looked like uh, uh, Eleanor Roosevelt or something. It was just he was he was a hoot and a half. We had amazing amazing people, but you, that whole place was a hive of celebrity activity. And and you know you'd go to you'd run to the restroom, and I remember walking out one day and I looked and it was it was Roger Daltrey and Pete Townsend from the Who, and I was oh that's good. And then I walked and I saw, it was Meatloaf, and I was there's Meatloaf, and then somebody said, you know, Frampton's in the bathroom if you want to go catch them all today. And I said, well, I'm going to the bathroom, take a look at Peter Frampton, you know. So, uh, I mean, not over the stall door or anything, but I... <laughs> you would still, never I, do that. Would never, oh, I so would. No. You'd have your intern do that. <laughs> no, hell no. No, some things the host has to handle himself. You know, Literally, <laughs> I mean, so I would have. The, the, the funny thing you said about that is, you know, you said from the Who, and I'm thinking... Tommy with Anne Margaret, and then you said Meatloaf from Rocky Horror, and then Frampton was like, "Who?" Yeah. <laughs> Frampton was cute. Though. we all had the hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but it was Roger Daltrey. I loved him in the in the in Tommy. Oh uh-huh. my god! Well, and I, Elton John in those shoes. I was on Elton John still. was in it. Eric Clapton was in it. Tina Turner was in it. I mean, that was the gayest film, really. Oh, so and Anne Margaret being this weirdo <laughs> with this rock voice. Like, who knew her vibrato was out of control? But she had like she got a, the TV spit up baked beans at her. It was just it was baked beans and. Do you know that she was in that for sauce. three days, three days, and she came to set and it smelled day after day, and she never complained. Wow. She's Anne Margaret. Yeah. She's a professional. Yeah, 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 yeah. How did you keep your energy up from doing that from day to day? I don't know. I mean, it's like when the red light is on, you really do become the marathon runner. It's it's not a big deal when the it's after you retire. Yeah. But, uh, but once that, when that red lights, you know what it's like. You're doing a show. You know what it's like. Your energy's up, and you're excited, and and you know you're privileged. What a privilege it is to be able to sit there and talk to these people, right? And and, and you know, I mean, in 12 years of doing interviews, there were like three that were clinkers. You know, so it was. I mean, some more interesting than others, but three. You know, three yeah. for the toilet is not so bad in 12 years. You know. So I have to ask as a, as a fellow, you know, person with a radio show, I've had people that thought we're going to be the funniest thing, and they come and they do one word answers or they're clear like oh there's gay people here i don't know what to do and then they shut down how do you handle that because 
like you said, you had some clinkers. I had some like you had. I didn't know what to do. Two clinkers that I can think of. I had Alan Arkin Arkin was horrible. Are you serious? Horrible, horrible. He didn't want to talk about anything, and it wasn't like he was homophobic or anything. He he was just in a cranky mood. He was there. He was there. He had just written a book. And you're you're asking him, you're giving him questions, I don't so we can talk promote about his book. This book. I don't have I have no interest in talking about this book. Okay. And the publicist is looking at me like I'm so sorry, <laughs> you know, because I'm looking wow. at her and he's like, so that was really unpleasant. And you know, who look seemed really bored to be their Devo, and it bummed me out because two members of Devo, I love Devo as you know the new wave band. I love uh, Justin Bieber was by phone, but he was oh, boring. Justin, Justin Bieber was boring, but he wasn't disrespectful. No, he just would he answer every boring. question. Yes, sir. And no, Doria, sir. oh Doria kept going, hang up. Hang up, which made me laugh so much. Like, He's so boring. Hang up. I okay, but then we can't. the even crazier ones, when you had crazy people who like just talked on the inhale. Remember you had LaToya? Oh, LaToya. LaToya was... I want LaToya in here so badly. Okay, no, LaToya you don't. showed up. Like, she wouldn't leave probably. We'd have to turn the lights off. Like, that's go, it. Go home. That's what it was. She showed up like way late. So she showed up like only five minutes before the end of the show, even though she was supposed to be there like Are 20 minutes earlier. Are you serious? She may I can't still, deal with that. I cannot she may, she may that. still be, be there talking. talking. She may still be in Studio 10 talking. She just started this whole monologue. And then. My husband was abusive, and he locked me in this room, and I would do this, and then I would do. And you hadn't even asked a question. It was like, uh, okay, and then like the music's playing, and she's still talking. <laughs> That's exactly how I picture her, though. Yeah, that wasn't a good one. You know, that was interesting. But the best, the, the Carol Channing one, though. When I think back to that, that makes me smile because I said to her, she said she had to go do a signing, and I said, Carol, in all your years, have you ever had someone? ask you to sign something you didn't want to sign it because sometimes like a girl will, like whip out a oh, boob yeah, yeah, and you yeah. have to sign it and she said now I'm scared she said, Frank yeah, she said now I'm scared Frank and she didn't so <laughs> ranch bitch yeah. so anyway so she didn't want to leave she grabbed my hand and said I don't want to go and that made me laugh a lot she was hilarious <laughs> I found out uh, that comedians are, are the worst for me because they have their shtick, but then yeah. they don't know how to do it, and they don't want to talk about the personal life, even though they'll do it with their act. If comedians are this, doing their act sitting there, it drives me insane. You have to go that, and talk that's like a, good a person. Point too. It's not mm-hmm. your well, stand-up act. And comedians, you know, you're opening for Lisa Lampanelli across the nation. Everywhere. Because <laughs> I follow you on, on Facebook. Uh, go follow Frank DeCaro on his fan page. You guys have become really close. Yeah, we're good pals. We really, I love her a lot. And she really is like a life coach to me. She's the one who gave me the, the courage to lose weight. I mean, she, she's lost a courage. lot. Courage. Courage isn't the word I would oh, no, use. She terrified She me. scared the sh- yeah, crap out the of me. Crap out of me. Yes, she did. She, uh, no, she had an intervention. She had a one woman intervention and she said, you've got to get this together. You're going to die. And so, uh, and that was a year ago Easter. So fear so, is what motivates him. But, but the other thing is, she Lisa also tells him that she manages somehow to get through TSA with a scalpel and travels with a scalpel, and she'll just cut him up in his sleep if she he doesn't lose the weight. She said, "I will cut your frigging stomach out in your hotel room while you, you sleep." That sounds like Lisa. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was her her shtick with me. But she was very serious. But she she really took me under her wing. And to have a mentor at my at middle age is insane. But she's uh, she's been fantastic to me, and she was very much like. Just because you haven't done a ton of stand-up doesn't mean you weren't prepping for this moment for 12 years on the radio. Say, stand-up is a lot different than being able to sit, and, and Jimmy knows, as, at sitting and be able to submit a funny piece where you could edit it and there's nobody, there's no live reaction. This is like a naked reaction. And you're not playing in like gay cities. You're playing in... A lot of different yeah. Baton Rouge, you know. But it's, uh, um, no, it's, but you know, it's funny. The places that you think are the least gay are the places that need you the most. Hmm. They really do. Because she has gay, a lot of gays come to see her. And a lot of people, a lot of, there are a lot of people, you know, but in, in red states who are, who are blue and, and are, uh, <laughs> these days really blue. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're, the, they're in the new Smurfs movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but so they, they, uh, you know, they kind of need you the most. And so I, I've had terrific, uh, 
reaction from them. And, um, you know, I've, I've, I've always learned to swim in deep water. And so, you know, I mean, my first TV show was The Daily Show. So it's sort of if you're going to, you know, I'm just... You know, that was it. I, I was a columnist at, tw- at a huge newspaper at 22. I've always I was learned. Say, you, you, know, you got work right after school. And I wanted to ask you a little bit about your growing up in high school and college. Like, were you were you bullied? Uh, yes. But you like you started working right out of it. Well, because I had to. I didn't know there was any. I didn't know you could go to Europe for a summer. Without, we didn't know that. We were poor. You know, Well, not poor. We were middle class. But you, you just had to work. Work was what you did. So, uh yeah, you just there was no thought. I started working three weeks after college ended. I had my first job, and I was in a small town in Colorado writing for a newspaper and hating every minute of it. And then nine months later, I moved to Detroit, and I'm the only person who's been that happy to leave Colorado for Detroit. <laughs> I was going to say, love, <laughs> I love Detroit. I had such a good time, and I just was back there playing the the Motor City Casino with Lisa, and that was a hoot and a half. And Detroit, if you're young, move to Detroit. I think it's fun. I, I would, well, it's affordable, I was, and there's if a lot I was of in my 20s, Eminem had a whole movie and album yeah, from it. Yeah. So. <laughs> no, it's, there's a lot going on there. If I were in my 20s, I'd move to Detroit. Yeah, I re- it's really a fun, a cool place. I, I thought it was great. But, uh, you know, it's fun to have this new challenge now and to get to go do it and have it kind of working out. You know, I mean, it's it's been, it's been great. And, you know, it, this is... I used to do a little bit of stand-up, but, you know, you'd play to, like, 40 gay drunks on a Tuesday, you know. <laughs> now... I do that whether there's a show there or not. I just get up and I start doing it. Isn't no, that but, what this is? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's more than 40 people here, Jim Colucci! <laughs> <laughs> so I was gonna, but, you know, now, I mean, we played... Uh, we were in uh, Hollywood, Florida, and we played to 3,100 people. And you know what? They laugh louder than forty gay drunks on a Tuesday. It's they really. It's it's it was great. And and you know people say, "Are you?" I love when people ask, "Are you scared?" And I was yeah. like, I'm "Scared." Somebody said that right before we played the Beacon in New York, which is like the Rolling Stones have played wow, that stage. Yeah. You know, wow. I saw it. That was, I was saying to Lisa the other day. I said, "I said it's weird to have stood on the stage where you saw." Elton John play Proud Mary for Tina Turner singing, and then Cher came out for the last verse. Wow. And you're now standing in that. I spot. told our listeners it'd be the gayest show ever. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's pretty <laughs> gay. Yeah, right. So no, but so it was kind of amazing. But somebody said to me that day, they said, "Are you scared?" And I said. I'm scared of having to drive into New York City by myself and find a parallel parking space. It's like, because I hate to parallel park, but I'm not scared to go on stage. I know what I have to say. I know my act. It's like, no, I'm not scared of that. Uh, you know, I am. I'm scared. I'm much more frightened of finding a parking space than of performing. I hate so. driving to begin with. Our listeners, uh, th- we got this question a lot knowing that you guys were going to be on. Do you have each other? Like, did you try your material out on gym? Do you guys proofread each other's writing? Uh, yeah, do you share of, that? We run stuff past yeah, each other, definitely. don't we? We're like, what do you think of this? It's a lot of screaming of, is it this or that? I'm, I'm, I could look it up or not because you can scream it to Jim and it's easier. It's Jim was the original Alexa. You know, you go, Jim, <laughs> is it this or that? And it's, it's that. Okay, thank you. It's he answers the weather questions. today in Valley Village. <laughs> yeah. Now at home, do you guys have a joint office or you have separate offices or how how do you guys write? We have matching desks in two different rooms. And so it's he hides in the bedroom and I sit in the living room. And we, and we have matching desks in case we ever get enough room for another bedroom and then we'll both maybe both be in there. But um, he likes it quiet. See, I like to talk a lot when I work and he likes oh, to focus. that's interesting. I also 
because I'm doing a lot of interviews for books and stuff, I'm often getting on the phone really fast with somebody. Oh, look, they said they're home. They're available. And so Frank likes to yell to me from the other room like, hey, what's going on? Look what I just saw on Facebook. I'm going to send you a link. And I'm like on the phone with someone like, will you excuse me? And it's somebody 90 who can barely hear in the first place. And I have to be like, will you excuse me? Frank, shut up. Okay. Is that Frank DeCaro? Tell my son I. Exactly. I sent him a very scatological Lady Gaga spoof by Sherry Vine today that I thought was, I was like, here, this will perk up your afternoon he's like i'm work and i was like but it's it was a dirty version it it was bad romance but it was the dirtiest version of poop your pants was the name of it and i thought it was the funniest thing i was like watch this we have a clip of that let's no 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 no, no. but uh no and he's like i don't think i need to watch something this scatological and i was like no it's funny and he's yeah he's not but i when we lived in in a newsroom you know so it was like i was used to it being noisy so i'm okay with that when we lived in new york and i was writing from home and frank was working at sirius he used to joke (laughs) he knows where i'm going with this he used to joke that i didn't do any work during the day and that i would just have like latino hot latino boys over during the day and just have my have my fun (laughs) with them which uh, nice work i don't blame you nice work if you can get it so I was doing a piece for CBS Watch Magazine, and it was about the saddest topics ever. And and one of them, this particular piece that I was doing, was right after Hurricane Katrina. And I was interviewing the actor Hill Harper. If you know him, he's an African American actor. He was President Obama's roommate. He's very serious minded, very civic minded. So we're talking about the rebirth of New Orleans because he owned a hotel in New Orleans. And the hotel was particularly devastated, and one of his employees was killed during the storm at the hotel. And so it was this really sad interview that we're doing. And I have him on speakerphone, as I do, and I'm talking to him about that. And Frank bursts through the door with his headphones on, like he always did, and yelled, Tell that Puerto Rican hooker to go home! Daddy's home! And I had to be like, Will you excuse me, Hill, for just a moment? (laughs) Put him on mute. What the hell are you doing?! It's like that BBC clip that went viral when the guy was giving his news report and the kids were coming in. <laughs> Frank, yes, shame exactly. on you, Frank. And, and what, how do you child. recover from that when he's like, and my employee whose family I support, and he perished in this, the, and tell that. I was, oh, my God. Will you excuse me for a moment, Hill? <laughs> It was boy, it's hard to said, recover from. I said, boy, Hill, you're a real downer. Let's talk about something else. This is, yeah, no, I do like to make an entrance, and I have to learn to not no, do Frank. that. No, Frank. I have to learn to not it's do such that. such a shock, but, right? Uh, <laughs> no, we, but we do. I, you know, like We've been together 21 years, and we really do. I'm more in love. And this is not to, to get even for what I did to him that time. But, um, <laughs> no, I did. I love him more now than I did 21 years ago. And I just, I, but it's because we laugh a lot. It's like we really are funny at home and and we there's a lot of shtick that goes on that was another question that we got before is like how much comedy happens at home oh my god it's a I think it's kind of a laugh a minute. Don't you think? Don't you think yeah. it's pretty fun? It's very sticky. Remember on se- on Sex and Guys, City, she said, "This is so sweet. I'm going to vomit." No, I know it's great. <laughs> no, but remember she said, uh, "It's uh, Carrie." Is, what's her last name? Bradshaw. Um, Carrie Bradshaw says, "So oh, you're losing your gay card." I know. I know. Oh, crap. Anyway, um, <laughs> Carrie Equus. Yeah. Anyway, so she, oh. Carrie Donovan, no, from the old Navy lady, said, "No, <laughs> Carrie Bradshaw." She said something. She said, "Oh my God, we have shtick," and I just was like, "That rang really false to me," because to me, it's like if you're really going to be with someone a long time, you better have shtick, because that's the fun part. Is like mm-hmm. the jokes that mm-hmm. only you get. You know, we were. Ex- I don't even know what it was, and I'm not going to repeat it. But there was you some- were explaining something obscene that we've come up with that you can't. Even oh yeah, say I can't say it on the air. No, it was really obscene. <laughs> to a stranger that, today. That makes Straight, no sense. A straight guy. But we he was laughing. With, and Frank is explaining this filthy thing that we have made up about <laughs> someone who works in a store in New Jersey. And 
<laughs> that our dog taught that her to do something filthy. That's all I'll say. It's that a it, bizarre story. You'll see the show on nothing. Amazon Prime next year. He <laughs> <laughs> right. would think we're on something and we're not. But, but Frank, he was, Frank's explaining it to this poor straight guy no, who's like, okay. He was talking about how his wife thinks his humor is really sophomoric. And I said, he said, but I always do. And he was telling this, these jokes that he always does that were about the level of a 10-year-old. And I was like, well, wait, do you hear this? And it, so I told <laughs> but him. But it keeps you young, right? I get, it keeps I you infantile, is yeah. really what it does. <laughs> right. But no, but we do. We laugh a lot. We we stick it up. We we. Um, it's pretty funny at our house, you know. So this is a question I want to ask, and I want everybody's opinion. Enrique, like I know that you're married. Um, you're in the entertainment industry, Michael. Many aspects of your life are in the entertainment industry. You guys, obviously. Um, this is a question we got: is Is it better to date somebody outside the entertainment industry? Because RuPaul just came out with that article, and he's been with that guy forever. Um, and all these actors are now coming and saying that the longest relationships are if you date outside the industry. I you guys you have don't to match not, that at no, all. No, no, but I think – but we're not trying to do this. Jim's not really being an actor, you know, or trying – it's it's different. I mean, Jim's not – Yeah, I think but there's we competition both, wherever – I mean I, – I have to you, say, you know, it's, I love hearing this because I think that's the key. Yeah. I've been married for three years in a relationship for six, very committed, like – you know, monogamous and whatever. Yeah, no. Except for the cornhole link. Oh, except yeah. for the cornhole. Yeah, there's <laughs> But they cornhole yeah. together. Yeah. Yeah. with the family. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it's about that. It's like if you laugh, with if you spend time and you laugh, you spend this great time, it's, it just changes everything. To me, it's like it's not even forced. I just, it, it I'm happy. And it's that. He makes me laugh. Yeah. I make him laugh. It, but entertainment, there's like somebody got a new contract. Somebody, somebody is getting residual checks. Somebody's Mrs. Norman not. Maine. Yeah. yeah, I think well, what's tough is when you know you 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 have somebody that's got an ego about it. You know, and I mean, if if you are competitive, well, that's I mean, it's, it can be get, really damaging. How can you, you having a, an ego with a person that you're with like, that's ridiculous. Yeah, but that's yeah, exactly. You got to celebrate there shouldn't their success be that. and everything. Yeah, there shouldn't but be you, that. But you have to like I I was someone who sat in therapy and said I don't think I could ever be the plus one. I think I have to be Frank DiCaro and my partner has to be and guest. I don't think I can that's, deal with it. That's interesting. And, but I worked on that. You you know, I mean, you really have to get over that because it's a it's great to be the plus one because you don't have to do very much you just have what i have to do is not <laughs> say the story that i told at lunch today that would have been you know it's like if you're the plus one don't go with the story about the filthy thing that the dog oh, does. you know that would be the better time that we were sitting at a bar <laughs> with the showrunner of everybody loves raymond a really lovely lovely man and you know that's a family show and i was so hoping to impress him because i you know i'm a writer and and frank decides he's gonna tell go here a filthy story <laughs> about having been to a bar one time where a sex act happened. It was an S&M demonstration, and the punchline was, in the clean version was, and then he had an orgasm to, to the, the theme, theme from, from Happy, Happy Days, Days <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. And apparently and just, straight guys don't think Frank's that's as funny. As Frank's talking about it, I'm just like, please stop talking, please stop talking. Yeah, I went to the bad place. He went to the bad place. Well, it was a fun place, but it's, you couldn't, it was a bar in the East Village called the rooster but not the rooster and uh and uh, it was really uh, fun thank you i've never heard of yes. that bar yeah. before and, and, but, so, that, that but they did an s&m yeah. demonstration and yeah. i was complaining that and i so my whole story was you know you usually see an s&m i apparently so guys don't see this. why i, like, I thought yeah. why he thought that while i was trying to talk with this man 
he needed to say, oh, you know when you see an S&M demonstration, why he thought that needed to be the topic, I still don't know. I still think it's hilarious. I think having an orgasm of the theme from Happy Days in public is hilarious. I hope everyone gets to do that at least once. I have not done that. I would prefer Shlemiel, Shlemiel. I'd rather do it to Laverne and Shirley myself. But um, I know, I know what's just, happening. But I do <laughs> our apologies to our sponsors. <laughs> no, no, so we do. We laugh about ridiculous things, and I do have a, a, an urge to say things that are inappropriate. And I can't. I asked Julie Andrews uh, on the air. About the, what? Julie Andrews. I asked her about. The oh, Julie what, Andrews. Ju- said Juliana. No, uh, no. I was going to Juliana Rancic because I got my whole thing as I said. No, to her. Yeah. no. I said to Julie Andrews. I said to Mary Poppins and Maria von Trapp. I said, "What did you think when the Mother Superior said, What is it you see face?'" And I asked her the <laughs> question. That's a viral clip. It's yeah. so I know, funny. but it's like I had the urge to ask. I don't know. What, and I asked her the time she came on. The time before, I asked her about when she showed her boobs in in SOB. Yeah, yeah. I can't help it. I'm a. That's the kind of interviewer I am. I have to ask questions that I that ever. Everybody wants to know the answer to, and I sort of like, well, it's now or never. Might as well ask. <laughs> you know, you guys have settled into this relationship. You could just see it in the room, and it's 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 loving, and you let him do his crazy whatever. But I think at the end of the day, you guys just like cuddle up, and you're just like, yeah. Well, we do, and it's also it's like I. There's a picture of him as a little kid at camp, and he's like, I was miserable that day. And he looks so cute, and I see it, and it fills me with joy. Oh, you know? Guys. And even though I can't really pick him out of a lineup. pedophilic. I'm not no. quite sure. <laughs> There's that, too. That's no. another show. He always be flattered or scared. You can listen to that show at UBN Fridays at 3 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's like, because I'm, I, he always says I can't pick him out of a lineup, because it's true. If I get lost in a crowd. I think I have face blindness. I do. I don't know who the hell anybody is. Well, he's white, so, you know. No, but sometimes <laughs> I'll be, like, in a crowd looking for him in a crowd of people, and I'll see he's, like, looking at a black woman. And I'll be like, that's have, not me. I, I, have talk, I have talked like a 600-pound black like, woman. I have yeah. turned and gone like, I know. What are we going to do? Did you tell? Oh, I'm sorry. You're not my husband. And it's like, <laughs> but it's yeah, like, I get confused. What about her made you think she was me? What? What? I, I just don't get it. I just assume you're always behind me. You know? Oh, you guys. So no, that's the bottom I'm talking. I'm yeah. sorry. That's <laughs> the bottom. Well, hearing both of you guys, I'm like, God, two bottoms don't make a right. What is happening here? <laughs> I want to play a viral clip you guys did uh, called Betty White. Oh. Betty, yes. White Betty White Lines. Betty White Lines. Let's play a little bit. Let, let's see some of the fun you guys have. I am so fat. <laughs> I love this, you guys. It's a little demented. Why? Betty! 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 Why
You guys, I downloaded this as an MP3, by the way. Oh, God. I, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Every prop in this video is in my garage. Yes. And sadly, we still had the Christmas tree up when we shot this in April. It took me till March, so I took... I love Christmas and I'm lazy. Me too. Got it. <laughs> so watch this. It's called Betty White uh, Lines. It's on YouTube. So many hits, and it was it's viral sensation. It did really well. Career. Yeah, it kind of yeah. did. It, we were excited because it was on like the Entertainment Tonight. It was on the Today and, Show. Yeah. Today Show. It's pretty wild. Yeah. Because it was a viral video years ago. Because now everybody has a viral video. I this, know. This kind of set the president. It's like, oh, I guess we need to have some production value. Well, this was <laughs> when Betty was being courted to host SNL. SNL. I remember. And I signed up for that Facebook page. Yes, exactly. We did too. And yep. we had had the idea to do that for just as an audio clip for Frank's show. We thought we were like, oh, white lines, Betty white lines, we can mix in her lines. And then we got lazy because we'd have to have production value to do that, even, even the audio part that we didn't know how to do. And then we hooked up with our friend Frederick, who's a great filmmaker. Frederick Ford's a wonderful filmmaker. And it's just, he, he put it all, kind of the visuals all together, and, it, and, and the music too, he's a musician. And it just made it so much fun. And it was perfectly timed because she was just she just starting hot in Cleveland. That pilot was just getting shown. Which is Golden Girls two point Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, so yeah. it was kind of perfect timing for you know, Betty having that resurgence. She had it eighty eight and here she is at ninety five still going. Well, I have to tell you, you know, not to diminish your years entertainment reporting, and you've done a book about Will and Grace, um, but I have to say, being a Golden Girls fan, Golden Girls Forever, an unauthorized look behind the Lanai. You guys, this is like this is like a college textbook. I'm not even kidding you. It's a crazy person's manifesto is actually what it is. But you have so much insight. I'm cra- I being the crazy person who wrote it over 10 years. It has to be a crazy wow. person. There's every fact, interviews with every creative person from the girls themselves, um, talking from the pilot to the end of the show, talking about the set, talking about the wallpaper that's used in the set, pictures that you guys have never seen. I wish you guys could see how beautiful this book is. Um, they can on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just get around to it. Click it. <laughs> yeah, honestly. And for, you know, as gay men, we never know what to get other gay men who can buy themselves anything. This is the gift that you give. There are stories that I thought I was the biggest Golden Girls fan, and there are stories I was like, are you kidding? I did not even know that. You even tell stories about the guest stars who appeared once or twice on the show. Well, that's the fun thing, researching a book like that. The Honeymoon Period is doing all the research because with that book really? and with the book I'm doing now about the love boat, it's all about you know great guest stars, and you get to meet people you've always wanted to talk to, and and sit with them for an hour, and to ask the questions that you know as a TV fan you never thought you'd get to ask, and then of course you have to write a book. But Jim, this is not just this is kind of freak. This almost is scary. It's <laughs> yeah, like a it stalker. Is. I told it's a crazy manifesto. Frank, how long did it take him to to write this book? Ten for- years. He really wrote it over ten years. Yeah. Ten it, years but I'm wow. telling you, it is an oral history of the Golden Girls. It it ups. It is as good as any book that's been written about a TV show. And I wouldn't. And I would not say that if I didn't believe it, because I'm the husband who's like, "What'd you do wrong?" It's always. I'm always like, you know, if somebody, if there's a problem, I'm meet like, my you, mom. She's like, "You, you hit that did one it, note in Act yeah. Two of yeah. Measure Four. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm always like, I assume he did. You know, if somebody's like, "So and so is not speaking," I was like, "What did you say to her?" You know, that kind of thing. I'm always he wanting, does do that. Like if I'm getting, I, I tend to yell at people in public. 
look when they piss me off. And then he'll be like, what did you do? You know, if it's somebody, do, uh, somebody at TJ Maxx who is being an idiot. I'll have to right. yell at Jim, them. what are you doing at TJ Maxx to begin with? Yeah, oh, shame. Be surprised. <laughs> um, no, but he's, it's, it's, it is so It's creepy good. how much information is in here from an interview with the gay cook that was in the pilot to, oh yeah, they bought this for, this sofa, the, 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 the wicker sofa was bought here. I mean, that's how in-depth this is. What the, I love is the episode guide that goes with it, oh, too. The you. end yeah. papers of the book are the wallpaper in the, the kitchen. kitchen. For real. It's really, the, I mean, not that piece of paper. It's a reproduction. Oh, like, it's a reproduction well, we took a of the actual of the the wallpaper. wallpaper. Oh, that's cool. yeah, that's really the wallpaper reproduced. That's why I love that book because that's de- <laughs> that's what a super fan des- deserves and wants, and and but, that's the madness that makes it genius. But Jim, when you start on a ten year project like this, I didn't know you it would don't be know. 10 years. Okay, but you but you don't even know what the payoff is going to be. No, so that's kind of crazy. Is it your fascination with entertainment, pop culture? What made you do this? Yes, and in a, in a nutshell, growing up, because I'm old, before the internet, when I loved a TV show, and, and I always said, you know, for certain TV shows like The Brady Bunch or Get Smart, I really wanted to crawl inside the TV and look around. And there was no internet. There were no photos for that were production stills that you could find on your computer. You really had to buy whatever merchandise in terms of a book that, that would ever be put out, whether it was official and licensed from the studio or whether somebody just took it upon themselves to do it. But the problem is usually those books would be quickies and they would be written terribly. The stories, sometimes I, I, the famous story that Frank and I always tell is, and this was in the 90s, so the person should have known better. There was an internet to do research on. I bought a book for somebody, a, a, a friend of mine who's also a TV junkie, as a, just a little gag engagement present. Um, and it was called TV Weddings. And I was like, oh, this is going to be a cute engagement present for her. And I got it home from the bookstore. I opened it. And the, in the preface, it said, in Get Smart, when Don Adams married Barbara Feldman. And I'm like, nope, going back to the store. I can't give this to someone. It's just, you know, when, when the mistakes are so obvious, it, as a fan of TV, I hated TV books because they always let me down. And I always thought, I always wanted to write books anyway, and I love TV. And so if I write TV books, I obviously want to do it better than has been done. Not that there are never any good ones. There are. I love the Sex and the City book that Amy Sohn wrote. There's a, quite a few really good ones. Jim, this is but out of control, though. That, so then I, I set out to do Golden Girls. And as I was shopping around a Golden Girls book proposal, my agent told me that Will and Grace was actually looking for someone to write a book. And I was like, uh, hello, I'm stalking them anyway. Uh, I might as well write a book on them. So that was a, like, a dream assignment. Figuratively well, now, now you're going to have to write Figuratively. Well, figuratively. You now know, you're going to have to write a sequel. I know. Exactly. I want to. You know, And, and also my book only covered seasons one through six mm-hmm. of Will and Grace and not seven and eight anyway. So now I really want to. And now to you're going to be able to add another season of ten episodes. Right. right? Exactly. Right. That's yep. what I mean. So, so that put Golden Girls on hold for a little bit but then I started and luckily you know there was something part of me that said in 2006 these women aren't getting any younger it's amazing that a show about older women from the 80s they were all still around at that point 20 something years later and so Estelle was too ill at that point to meet with Uh, I did meet with people in her life who filled me in on her and stuff but she she herself although alive was not well Uh, but I did meet with the other three and with all these producers and writers, and it's just it's, so the the research part happened relatively quickly. And I would add over the years as I would meet other guest stars. Say, oh, I always wanted to talk to you, Brenda Vaccaro. I always wanted to talk to, you. and I that's add them. that episode by the way is when, one of my favorites because it was everything you wanted from the Golden Girls. You saw the sadness, you saw this drama in this comedy. Yes, and and uh, Stell's final line of that episode 
it's one of the rare cases where it doesn't end on a joke. It ends on a downbeat yeah. of her saying, my little boy is dead or my little boy is gone. And it's it and it has that you. Golden Girls. You know the sad music. They had that, yeah. that exit music. Yeah. Bum, bum, bum. yeah. And I was like, that's the end. Yeah. But yeah, but it catches you by surprise because yep. you were expecting a joke. Frank laughs because when I you, we mentioned before that I did a, a panel with Stan Zimmerman and a few other g- gay writers of the Golden Girls at Gay Days at Disneyland last October. And I told the crowd, it was probably 80 to 100 gay men, mostly gay men, although women too, um, that the secret of that episode, that that part that Brenda Vaccaro played beautifully, had been written for Cher. And when I said that, that's exactly what happened. 100 gay men went, <gasps> But then, okay, they, like, that no, no, wouldn't no. have worked, though. They oh sucked God. the wallpaper off the walls. It was just, they, it was, and, and then we all, that's how you got it for the book. Yeah. Yeah. No. And then we all burst out laughing because everybody laughed at how loud that, <gasps> the gay gas was. Like, we have a picture of you guys in the parking lot with Cher, by the oh, way. Oh, that was, yeah, well, that was um, yeah. just recently. Oh, uh, poor Kurt has to look, he's like, who is Cher? He's not to Google it. And No, but we, we do. No, you had the photo <laughs> up before I saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, poor, yeah, Cher appeared on the talk and Frank and I went to the taping and then, we accidentally got lost on the way back to the parking garage and ended up at Cher's dressing room. Isn't that interesting how that happens? As can happen. (laughs) Now, both you guys, how has entertainment reporting uh, changed? There's you and Cher. There we are. Yes. With the age of TMZ, it's obviously a different beast than when you guys first came on. What do you guys think about entertainment reporting now? I was going to say, TMZ leaves me wanting a cold... Want, not a cold shower, a shower, a silkwood shower. Because it's so dirty. Because and... it's, I, even though I, I love, I think if you say bitchy things about people you love, it's very different than trying to catch people with their pants down. I'm not really into that. But I, also I, publicists are also calling TMZ to say, catch my client doing this because it makes them yeah. relevant again. Yeah. Misha Barton. Oh, plenty of people tip off TMZ on themselves, yeah. of course. Yeah. I've called them a hundred times today and nobody <laughs> showed up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, look, I would love to, to be have TMZ write something nice about me, but it, but... That, or something that, mean? No, and I don't want something mean. I too. Eh, no publicity is bad publicity. I don't know about that. I, I would <laughs> rather it be something nice. No, I just I, I don't think you should always be a Pollyanna and write only nice things. I think it's fun, but I but I do. It's I always say to someone when you you'll see like a post like Madonna will post something and it'll be like, "Aren't you dead yet?" Someone will post it, and I always want to write back. If Madonna is not your best friend in the world that you call it to in the morning when something is wrong, you're not allowed to say that. You're only allowed mm. to say, "Are you still alive?" To someone who you would take a bullet for. Otherwise, you don't get to say crap like that that's just not fair and and i found that i i describe myself when i'm doing these book interviews or interviews i mentioned for cbs watch magazine that's an, a magazine published by cbs so we're not looking to embarrass cbs's stars certainly right and for the book i'm not looking to embarrass anybody i always say i'm a safe date in, in these interviews because i'm not looking to make anybody look bad in a book about the golden girls if i did i'd come off bad because for example you know betty white has now been somewhat public about the fact that b arthur didn't like her and you didn't mention that i in the did book. mention it once i did but like not in super depth. No, and the reason I didn't is because I think it's like when kids want to know about Santa Claus, they think they want to know, and then they're all disappointed. But you know, what? and the I same really thing, I think know. people think they want to know <laughs> details about Betty, about B not liking Betty, and I want to give you the truth that that is there is truth behind that rumor. I don't want to lie and gloss over it. But you don't want to know details. You want to live in the fantasy that they were four friends who loved each other. But the, when you hear things, and we kind of had this conversation right before the show, yeah. you can appreciate somebody's talent and what they do, and that you'll share the screen with them. But there's the reality, too, that if yes. you don't like somebody, you cannot change well, that. Well, and the problem today now with social media, too, is incredible, because what happens is like most yeah, of these people... If they were filming they want, this with they social media, forget it. But they want you to like be... 
tweeting live while the episode is happening. Yes. And then you get all the hate, all the love, all of like whatever immediately. And it's there's a part of you that you just want to you know, tell him back it's like go you right. Know, you want to go argue with yourself. them, yeah. But but then if you engage, it gets even better. You know, like bigger. Like right. people get more involved and everything. So it's like there's back then it was just perfect. It was just the way it happened. Now the National Enquirer would print stories about them, so there would be people on set who either there would be people interlopers who would come to set and observe, or maybe there would be a leak on set that would report something. Um, and the Enquirer did report during the run of the show that there were problems on set. But, but actually, the Enquirer's could also going to say Elizabeth Taylor went off with an alien. Exactly. Yeah. Right. But also, the irony is, although there were sometimes problems on set, because there are problems on any set on any given day. With that so, shooting schedule, too. But oh, yeah. so that's the thing. Any when a, when a crew tell when a, a a cast of of actors tells you we're like family. It's the biggest cliche ever, but what it really means is, yes, we love each other, but we also fight like siblings on any mm-hmm. given day. And that's what happened. I saw it on Will and Grace, certainly. I saw. It, I heard about it on Golden Girls. People fight. And so when the Inquirer would be there, they might pick, on the ge- uh, pick up on a germ of something that was real and blow it up into proportion, out of proportion, but sometimes they'd also make it up. And so there are shots of the women... Uh, in photo archives, holding up the Inquirer that had ridiculous headlines about them and laughing because they were making fun of, this is so not true, we love each other. So that happened too. But I've heard some from some good sources yeah. that that actually was, B. Arthur was not a fan. No, she wasn't. I mean, Betty said that. In fact, Betty, when I interviewed her in 2003 for a TV guide piece, so before I even started researching this book, uh, I, it, was, it was when they were doing the re- reunion show on Lifetime. Yes. And so my editor at TV Guide said, you have to ask her about the rumors about B not liking her. And I'd already heard some stories about B calling her names and stuff. So I knew that there was probably some truth. It was like, I think Ryan Murphy's feud, season yes. four, is oh, going to yeah. be. That's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. But There's, that's what you need to do, that's, Jim. And Jackie B. Will I know. Oh, my God, would be perfect. <laughs> yeah. Betty's but, got a croak before that, though. But no, knock on wood, that's Sorry. never happening. She'll probably still play herself. She's like, I'm ready. I know, I'm ready. <laughs> so that would be great. Jackie yeah. B. and Betty. But so when I was doing that 2003 interview, the TV Guide editor made me promise that I would ask her the question about B and when you are a reporter and you have to ask an uncomfortable question of course you save it for the last one in case they hang up on you and so when I asked her then in 2003 about the rumors she just said ooh someone's been reading the tabloids and then she said you know well while it is true that I believe that B was probably not too happy to see me again I do know that when I went up behind her in when she was getting ready in makeup and gave her a big hug and threw my arms around her, she kind of melted. And that's so true because B did that when I hugged her. She was very, B was very uh, vulnerable but protected, projected that strength, to, hoping that you wouldn't call her on it. And then if you did, if you had the strength to stick around and and even if she'd try to brush you off, she kind of would melt and get comfortable. So. I really actually believe that's true. But that now Betty has gotten a little bit more detailed. She went on, I think it was Larry King, and talked about how uh, B didn't like her. And so, you know, Betty, Betty is open about it. I asked B in an interview for, also for TV Guide, a different story. Yeah. And, uh, and B just, I said, was it a really contentious set? And she said, let's put it this way. It was never as bad as Laverne and Shirley. And that was her, and I, <laughs> which I thought was the funniest way to answer it. And it's like, so yeah, so it was tough. But, but you also got the sense that she, she, they also, everybody on that set knew that the other person was really talented. Yes. So even if they didn't want and to be friends with them, like, yeah. they still respected their talent. And the other thing that people, so many people told me this. In between, what the Golden Girls would do, and it's not as common anymore, is they would actually film each episode twice on tape night. 
and they would do one that was called the dress rehearsal show, but they would film it, and then one that was the tape show. And you talk about this in your book, which yes. I found so fascinating. So, yeah, and that was the way that Whit Thomas liked to do it, the production company. And some shows occasionally still do that, but most don't. They just do one taping. Mm-hmm. But so what they would do is they would do the dress show, and so if that, and they would have separate audiences for those two shows. So if something didn't work in the dress show, they wouldn't necessarily even go back and do it again. They would just make sure they got it right the next time. And so the dress show would be kind of short. Then they'd take a dinner break. And over the dinner break, they would be given notes by the director, by the writers, whatever. And sometimes they'd have to incorporate big changes into the script for the, for the next taping. Uh, but during that break, they would all take it so they wouldn't get food on their costumes or whatever. They'd still be in hair and makeup, but they'd put on these big, w- white, fluffy bathrobes, the four <laughs> actresses. And then they'd have to basically just walk across the street to another building to go to dinner. And B made sure that she waited for Betty every week and would not walk until she had Betty by the hand and the two of them walked in hand in hand together. Oh, it was kind of a you sign. Didn't hear that? Well, I think it's in the book, but it's a sign of it strength. It is in the book. I'm trying to get people to buy yeah, the book, exactly. Jim. <laughs> I'm not going to give everything away. Don't give it all away. <laughs> it, but it was, it was kind, I think it's a kind of sign of solidarity. And also, even if someone is somebody that you don't even get along with personally, but you respect the talent and you know that the two of you have to go face that as a team, I mean, I thought that was very telling. Yeah. All those women were equally talented at what they did, and they had to be. Like, you guys as actors know, in an ensemble cast, everybody has to be strong every night. Yeah. And, you, and you know, it's in your own best interest to make everybody else look good, too. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that with the whole premise of feud is that feuds are not based on people that, are, that hate each other or that did, there's no emotion involved. It's based on that they, there's a love. That's disappointed. Yes, that's, yes. Right. right. They say in the show, it's not about hate, it's yep. about fear. Yeah. yeah. That's right. a good line. And, you know, yeah. Great. It's great. But it's true. They always say that hate is really just the, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a love twisted. The yeah, it's the other right. side of love. Like the worst feeling is apathy. You don't want yeah. somebody to feel nothing. Right. You don't yeah. be mad at me or love me. Yeah. And you're doing stuff where you're putting yourself out there, right? You know, you're really, you know, being vulnerable and you're really working hard. And, and, and we're two episodes ahead on Feud, I have to admit. I've seen, I, I like I've seen six and seven. Oh, no. I like really? to glow. We've seen episodes six and seven. What's your address? Oh. Yeah, I know, right? Exactly. <laughs> All right. We, we end the show Very with jealous. a segment called Rapid Fire. And both of you gentlemen just have to just rapid fire your answers. Okay. Who wants to go first? Frank. I'll go first because I have to pee so bad I have to run out. <laughs> we're almost done, Frank. <laughs> okay. Who's a celeb you would never ask back? Which kind Alan of, Arkin. Got it. Uh, your celebrity crush? Uh, y- uh, Ewan McGregor. Mm. Still? I love him. Mine too. He's dreamy. Ooh. <laughs> the last TV show that you binge watched? Uh, Viewed. Okay. Uh, what is the most overrated movie? And you're like, oh, why are people still talking about that movie? Uh, Man of Steel. I hate that movie oh, so much. <laughs> and, and True Lies. I hate that movie too. Remember that in the 90s? I hated that movie. Um, Unfortunately. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We know that you're on your path for like fitness, and you've lost yes. all this weight, which I congratulate. Thank you. I'm gonna have like five tacos after this, still. <laughs> but just curiosity, what is your cheat food? What is the food that you're oh, like? No, I'm I gonna eat, do it. I eat everything. I do. I just write it all down, and I don't go over my. Donuts, I have fifty w- donuts are bad. He's on a so big donut. That's, oh, that's your donuts. Thank you. See, he knows. All right, Jim. If you could live with a golden girl in real life. As the actress and on the show, so it's a twofold question. Okay, who would it be in real life? Which actress would I live with? Yeah, uh, probably Estelle before she got ill because she was just by all accounts the nicest person and super gay friendly. Loved to go out and party and have fun. Um, and so oh, and the a character in the show. Uh, I think it would have to be Dorothy because I just love her wit. <laughs> all right, so who's your celebrity crush? The Rock. Oh. 
well, you have Baywatch coming up, which oh, I'll watch. I'll they see should that. just hand out uh, Kleenexes. No <laughs> <laughs> <Those> screenings. <laughs> He's just a beautiful man. What can I say? He's a beautiful man. As an entertainment writer, what's one of the favorite stories that you've written that you finish writing? And you're like, I love the story. I've had a lot of really great stories. You know, the, through CBS Watch, I've gotten to do amazing things. I went on the Orient Express with Neil Patrick Harris and got to write about that. I did a leg of the Amazing Race and got to write. About I read, that. Uh, yeah, that was uh, interesting. That was awesome. That was very interesting. And then the story I was talking about about New Orleans uh, that was a complete departure for me because I usually write about entertainment, which let's face it is a little fluffier. But I wrote about how uh, this one CBS affiliate in New Orleans stayed on the air throughout the storm and kind of the heroism of that. And that was real. It was really like writing. Doing real investigative reporting, I felt very proud of myself for that. Great. If you had to write a book about a curtain show, what would it be? Oh my god! Uh, well, I'm thinking about that now. I mean, I, I really would love to do Big Bang Theory. There are so many shows that I love on the, that are on the air right now, but they have to go longer before they could be sustain a book. I'm in love with Superstore. I'm in love with Trial and Error. I'm in love with Younger. There's so many great comedies on the air right now. Interesting. Uh. What would your Golden Girl name be, and what would their personality be written as? Oh, my God. I don't know my Golden Girl <laughs> name. I don't know. I guess it would have to be something Italian. I'd have to be a relative of the, the, the Petrillo family. Um, <laughs> and I'm very Dorothy-like, so that's the problem. You know, I, I, the only, I don't want to show up and be a Dorothy-like person who turns out to be an anti-Semite like Barbara Thorndike. so I have to be a different type of, type of Dorothy. <laughs> and you're right. That, bar, that character was reading for, for Dorothy. Yeah. Which was so... Yeah. Bar- uh, yeah, Bonnie Bartlett. What I love about the episodes is you see the same actor play like three different parts. You're like, they didn't have this huge pool to <laughs> draw from. You know, it, it happened a lot in the. D- it still happens occasionally. It happened a lot back in the day because they never counted on the fact that we'd be streaming, that we'd have an internet where we could compare notes yeah. and have oh, bulletin yeah. boards. So they just figured, ah, that person was on three years ago. Nobody's going to remember. Seinfeld did that a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And last night was the episode with George Clooney. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, and Mario Lopez had been on the show, <laughs> yeah. you know, and it spun off to Empty Nest and Nurses and, and, and all this all this stuff. Do you guys have any last questions for, for our guests? I think uh, I'm, I'm good. What about you? I'm, uh, well, I think, Frank, like, do you know what you're going to do after you get off? You get done with touring with Lisa Lampanelli? Uh, I'm working on a book on drag and show business that's <laughs> oh, way overdue, and so I have oh, to yeah. finish it up. And uh, um, it was <laughs> Jim jokes. He said, "When was it doing?" I said, "I don't know, March, March twenty sixteen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it was still due a long time ago. But no, so I'm still working on that, and it's it's getting uh, it's coming together finally. Um, and I'm going to do that, and then figure out what's next. I think I want to do a book, a diet book, a funny diet book, um, because it's people keep asking me. You, you know, it's strange. You you put up a before and after picture of of a hundred pounds difference, and and the the likes are exponential. I mean, it's like 800 likes where you usually get 12. You know, I mean, yeah, it's right. people like a success story with that. And and I did it so publicly to keep myself in check because I'm like, I'm going to do it where people, you know, if I'm well, quiet hard. about it's it, it's hard. Yeah. But it's, it's been, it's been, ex- it's the hardest thing for me because mm-hmm. I'm, I was very much an emotional eater and to, yeah. To not eat your feelings is is uh, is a rough one. I've lost you know? I've lost seventy five pounds, so I know that's great. Yeah. Wow! See, and you yeah. you have the air of I can eat anything. You look to me. I would have guessed he can eat anything he wants. No, and it's just the opposite. And, you know, and and because you the look like someone I who's really thin. Yeah. You know, the only way I stay this way is working out every day and eating I'm, everything. I'm meticulous about what yeah. I eat. I gained a pound today. Um, I drinking <laughs> this. <laughs> See, my so problem much. is alcohol. You're not supposed to drink the rocks. Yeah, <laughs> alcohol doesn't lead to more alcohol for me. Alcohol leads to food. 
because I go, this is great. Come on, that's funny because when I drink a lot, I don't, don't want to eat. But the next morning, take me to IHOP Denny's and I'll do the Grand Slam, <laughs> Rudy Tootie, thank you, ma'am, whatever you want. Fried food. So Rudy, no, as, as Rudy Tootie, thank you, ma'am. ma'am. I mix like them together. Sex with your entree. What is that? <laughs> that's how much I love right. food. I love my croissant. <laughs> um, just because I know we have to finish up. Devil's Advocate, though, um, we had uh, MJ Javadi from Shaws of Sunset, who's also dropped a bunch of weight. Your past weight was also a beacon of people to look and say, I can be famous too, and it doesn't matter what size I am. Your personality, your talent is your talent regardless of your weight. And Lisa Lampanelli also has gotten some social media haters for losing weight. It's like, what are you proving? So Devil's Advocate, you also represented a community of larger people. Yeah. I... So, so what do you say to them rather than saying lose the weight? They're happy where they where they are. Oh, if you if you are genuinely happy at whatever weight you're and at, who is you should, to be honest, you should then you should stick it. I well, wasn't, and I have to say for Frank, if you're genuinely happy and also feel genuinely healthy, that you're not putting yourself at risk. Because, mm-hmm. for example, when Frank was heavier, he his head was always covered in sweat, no matter what temperature it was. <laughs> oh, my tits were leaking to all the time. No, you guys have like yeah, a brush, right? But here. I'm not yeah. even talking about cosmetically. It just meant that he wasn't doing well with everyday activity. And what I was so impressed was that we went for a book event in October to San Francisco. We stayed in a hotel in Union Square. We had gone to dinner in in, uh, in Fisherman's Wharf, and we were. I, I said to Frank, "Let's walk back." And I was so prepared for old Frank to. He would argue anything to avoid having to walk. Mm. And and not only did he not argue with me, he's like, "Let's climb Coit Tower. Let's go up Telegraph Hill. Let's go here." We ended uh, up taking like a four hour walk up and down hills of the city. Because he could, and I was like, it was like having a new husband, and I'm sure for him that must have felt. I amazing. now weigh what I weighed when I met him because I had gained that hundred pounds together, you know. And I just i I recognize the guy in the photos now, and I don't hate the fat guy, and I do put pictures of myself up from years ago where I was hundred yeah, pounds heavier. Yeah, you do. Um, but I just didn't want to be that anymore. And also, I have to say, you know, it's spite when you when you lose not only your own show but the whole channel gets torpedoed and you have overnight your day, and you have your days free again you get you know spite is a good motivator especially you know, for an italian oh my god yeah. when you do when you say oh my god you know you fired the 317 pound guy but wait do you see who you really fired you mm-hmm. so and so you know so there spite helped me a lot and lisa is also it's funny you have to some people need the nurturing some people need the I love you at any weight. I love you, you know. And, some, and Jim, some like you've that. been with Frank, yeah. Many oh, I'd have left if he weighed three seventeen. I'd f and leave uh, in a minute. Isn't that weird? Because I'm kind of the same way. I'm like, oh, it's terrible. It's ter- I we hate gained myself. all our best weight together, though. We, we did. had a restaurant in New York we used to love. Oh to my go god, it was the wide world of grilled and, cheese. Oh yeah, grilled cheese and. Yeah. But it, but it, it's, but, <laughs> but how did you keep the spark alive with weights going up and down? Laughing a lot. Honestly, it's humorous. Well, laughing actually burns a lot of calories. We've been yeah. together for 21 years, so it's not oh, It's not about physical anymore, is it, Frank? Okay. Once in a while in a hotel, you <laughs> do so a little. Once in a while. I'm exaggerating, but yeah. still. Give I me mean, some it hope. Does, it does become about something else, and it becomes about the laughing. Yeah. Honestly, it's I do. I mean, I joke about how terrible a, a lover I am, and I joke about that on stage, and it's very fun to be a crouchy old, you know, middle-aged gay on stage talking about, you know, I mean, our 
our relationship I love and I and I and I wouldn't trade it for the world. I wouldn't want it to be. But honestly, when I do see people and they're constantly hanging all over each other, I'm a little grossed out. It's sort of like you know, it's like you've been <laughs> together twenty years. What haven't you seen? That was the line it's in like, Big Little Lies that we were watching last night from the second episode. Don't tell me because I haven't seen it. Okay. No, it's not giving <laughs> it's not consequential. Way, but, it's okay. just one of the critiques of one of the couples is like, ew, people over forty shouldn't be like all over each other. Like and that. I feel the same way. I think it's disgusting. <laughs> it's like stop it. You should, be, you should go to a party, nice, nice, and you say, I'll meet you in three hours. All right, boom. You, one goes left, one goes right. You don't talk to each other at the party. You have a good time. You come home. You compare notes. Go, look, you guess who got fat? You know, you take, you definitely, you compare notes. And it's, uh, you know, well, she's, then she throws up everything she ever ate. You know, you get to, you compare notes later, and then it's, and you gossip and about people, and, and it's fun. And, uh, well, I think, I Frank, your, your next book needs to be your memoir where you just talk about well, who you I did you've do met. a memoir. I did a memoir. But, but I, they, they want a celebrity. You have to be a big celebrity. You don't have to write your own book. You have to be a big celebrity to sell a book these days. And so that I can't, I'm not a big enough name to sell a celebrity memoir. And so that's, you know, because I'm not, you know. So mix and, the memoir, like what you're saying with like the weight loss. Yeah. But I do think a weight loss book where you really are telling people how to, because people say, what do you, what do you miss most? I was like, I eat a donut. Yes. What do you mean? I eat everything. It's just, you just can't eat everything of everything. You can't eat all of everything. Well, you I'm know, not interested in that. So. No, anyway. <laughs> no, it's true. And it's, I mean, that's really been the thing for me. And, and I would like to inspire people to become the best version of themselves. And I, but you have to find the strategy. Lisa Lampanelli is perfect for me because it's not the nurturing that we were talking about. How actors need, you're beautiful in any way. You're, you're terrific. You're this. And that's very and true. Comedians need, don't screw this up for me. If you gain that weight back, no one's going to like you. You know, we need to do guilt and fear. That's what works. And and Lisa, I'll send Lisa a picture of the two of us when we were heavy and she'll write, oh my God, we were disgusting. That works for me. Other people will be devastated by that. To me, that's hilarious. It's like, because it's, I don't really feel that way. I look at those pictures it's like, oh, that poor unhappy old fat bastard, you know, but it's. But some people get unfunny, not you, but people get unfunny sometimes like George Lopez, Roseanne, they get unfunny when they get skinny. Well, they're feeling everything. Then that's the. Pro- I mean, that's the hard thing is you're suddenly you're feeling all your feelings. I used to eat all my feelings. I didn't know. Feel I felt nothing. You know, you just anything upset you, you ate it. I'm like you know. worrying because we're running over time that the food truck next door is gonna like <laughs> be gone. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, thank you guys so much. This is part one. You guys are coming back, and oh, we're gonna just rip it apart. Frank Dakar, where can fans find you? Find uh, more about you? They should go. T- okay, my website needs to be taken behind a barn and shot. It's I don't was even gonna say. Don't go there it's i don't even remember it exists but facebook there's a fan page at frank DeCaro show i'm at frank DeCaro show on twitter and my instagram i love i'm an amateur photographer i love it so i that's on there so i'm on all forms of social media and i'm always posting where i'm going to be but in terms of my my do not go to frank until we kill it i know or, <laughs> I or we decorate like, oh, it oh is back <laughs> yeah. oh, the it should be a myspace page it's horrible it's our friendster <laughs> or something it's horrible and DeCaro is d-e-c-a-r-o right frank DeCaro show yes and follow it because it's a lot and of fun. follow Jim Colucci, C O L U C C I. I was going to ask him where he goes. Jim, <laughs> where can we find Jim? Yeah, after twenty-one years, years. I'm glad he can spell it after twenty-one years. <laughs> where can you find me? Yeah, at uh, well, jimcolucci.com and at Twitter, just at Jim Colucci. I'm going to be doing a whole bunch of book stuff that I'm setting. I've been doing. I'll go anywhere and talk about that book. I love it. 
I'm going to be doing something at the Rue La Rue Cafe in New York, the one that just That's opened. the new yes. Golden Girls Cafe. And we I got a be, backstage tour. It was yeah, it was great. I'll be June 4th. I'll be at BookCon in, in, in the Javits Center in New York. So I'll be in a bunch of places talking about that. Well, awesome. In fact, our show is now being streamed on uh, rainbowradio.fm, which is back east. So all of our listeners that hear the show Friday, go head out. But Not get gays? Gays. Oh, you guys know. Like, I can literally stand behind Golden Girls Forever. It's available. Just go online, order it, or walk into a bookstore. Literally, this is the best gift you can give to a fan or for yourself because you hear things that you didn't know. Like Estelle Getty writing her lines on the furniture there. I mean that's I mean Perfect. that's how detailed this book is. Easter gift, Mother's Day gift, and I can't wait for the next book. Yeah, oh or the love, the love boat, particularly yeah. with oh, Charo just getting kicked out of uh, Dancing with the Stars yesterday. Well, she can come and hang out with us. We don't care if she's kicked oh, off. I anymore. love her. And a oh, little love her. boat. Michael uh, Ferreira uh, directed Joe Whelan and me in a we did a joint a, a duet cabaret show at Rock- Rockwell. Ah, oh, I love that. You know. Joe Whelan knows every gay that I know in Los Angeles. Well, yes. So <laughs> I, 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 and she, she sings I, with them too. I, I yeah. guess so. But she and I are supposed to be talking soon. But it's funny because she just got engaged, by the way. Oh, that's wonderful. She said she was out of town for until next week, so maybe that's what she that was, en- was. Engaged to get married. Yeah, yeah. But so it's funny because when, whenever I meet a, a new gay in L.A., they're like, "By the way, I know Joe Whelan," and yeah. it's like it's become a punchline <laughs> by now. I'm like, "So let me guess, you know yep. Joe Whelan." Talented actress, seems, and she sings. Lovely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Michael, where can our listeners find you? At M Ferreira seven four six six, and also and to find out more about the AIDS Monument yeah, Foundation, and it, it's at AIDSMonument.org. And also, I'm running a resistance group um, that we meet in West Hollywood. It's called Roar. So on Facebook, it's Roar Resistance. Thank you so much, honestly, for everything you do, and so I love your movie fun. reviews. We're going to bring you back regularly for movie reviews and and politics and actors and activism. Can't to make wait. this show a little bit smarter. <laughs> 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 Enrique. Well, I'm on uh, Instagram at, at Enrique Sapini, on Twitter to at Enrique Sapini, S-A-P-N-E. And then um, coming up with a surprise on WeTV on episode four of Dr. Miami, where some of uh, the familiar faces that you saw in my life, a telenovela, some people might be getting their butt done. So just check it out. We had a clip that, that I was going to play. <laughs> I was what like, are, I watched they, it. What are we having done back there? I'm not technically allowed to say yet what's happening, but they're not like a road, not a cornholing thing, like you said <laughs> before. <laughs> Indiana, you never know. Or Ohio, TV, whatever. But check it out on Doctor okay. Miami. It's going to be a little fun. And for Friday more fun, uh, We TV has released uh, episode one of My Life as a Telenovela for free on YouTube. So just put that in. Yes, you watch that and you were hooked. It's Real Housewives the way it should be done. It's so funny. Thank you so much, you guys, for coming in. What a fun show. Kurt, thank you so much. Again, find us on Twitter and Instagram, On The Rocks On Air. Um, uh, Like us on Facebook, On The Rocks Radio Show. We love you. Thank you to Infusion Beach and Hotel. Like them. Also, Palm Springs. Travel from far or near, you'll be there. And for Columbus, San Diego, and Palm Springs, I'm coming for you. We'll see you next week with Olivia Dabo. Every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on Universal Broadcasting Network. Find me on Facebook on On The Rocks Radio Show. Tweet me or Instagram me at On The Rocks On Air. See you next Tuesday.